the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we start, let's check in with our heroes as they prepare to say goodbye to Portland and head home to Autumn Falls. Trading stories with powerful spirit entities is just my Thursday at work. I didn't need to remember that story anyway. I'm sure it's fine. I'm Hugo Rashad. Oh. <laughs> Do you think your work environment is toxic? Well, I bet you aren't worried about your boss eating your friends. Somebody please get me a drink. I'm Agent Whitaker. It's been nice having Wimby with me for this trip, but I do still miss my cat. It's going to be nice to get home to Autumn Falls. I should probably call Dahlia and pick up a shift at the diner. I'm raving Eugenia. Uh, Portland is so cool, though. We haven't even gone to the deep yet. I bet that place is fun, friendly, and perfectly safe. And if it's not, at least I'm Damien Angelo Edgecrest. I've got... So much to look forward to back in Autumn Falls. My mom, my tree, my girlfriend, the bogalogs, a break from putting myself in danger and almost dying multiple times, the mall. I'm pretty psyched to go back. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. Actually, the traveling and moving around is what feels the most familiar to me. It's really nice not having to do it alone anymore. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's quickly recap what happened last time after finding out some very juicy secrets about Olivia Eastie and the agency that she is the director of, our heroes had to scramble a bit to figure out who they could still trust and what to trust those people with as far as the secrets that they learned. They also decided that they would reach out to a few different spots in Portland. A few of you went to see Dr. Aranya Kabe and traded some information with him. He seems to be a powerful spirit that deals in story and memory. And I think you were just about ready to leave, but a few of you had wanted to see what was going on at the deep before we make the return trip to Autumn Falls and leave Portland and the East Agency behind for a little while. So that's where we pick up. What did you guys want to do? It depends on what time of day it is. When you went to Dr. Kabe's, I think it was the afternoon because Whitaker and Raven had their meeting with Prithi at the agency around late lunchtime. And the deep from our Google searches and Intel is more of a bar evening place, correct? Correct. It's a nightclub in the Pearl District of Portland, which is sort of on the water that goes through the center of the city. Perfect. Are you just killing time then? There are people you could talk to at the agency if you'd like. You could call ahead to Autumn Falls and let people know you're coming home. Uh, What was the mission that we picked up for Autumn Falls going back there? Because I can't seem to find it in my notes. (laughs) 
I know it has the, something to do with a lake. Yes, there were reports of a monster being sighted in Echo Bay, which is uh, a little ways north into Canada at the marina that is there. Cool, cool, cool. You guys had decided that since that was a case that was open and available to explore, you would head that way and stop in Autumn Falls as sort of a halfway point. So if we go to the deep tonight, we won't be able to head back home till tomorrow because that's a long drive, right? Didn't we look it up? It's like five or six hours drive between Portland and Autumn Falls. It is a five-hour drive back to Autumn Falls. And then we also would have to drive another few hours north to the place where our assignment is at some point? (laughs) Yes, but I don't think it was an urgent assignment that you were rushing to go investigate. It was just sort of an open-ended thing. Like, if you want to go check that out, we haven't sent an agent or a group up there yet to look into it. Also, there are people in your group who don't sleep. So it would depend on how Whitaker felt about letting them drive, but... That's true. I did forget about that. At least one of them is responsible, I would think. <laughs> yeah, we'll send Aiden drivers back in the middle of the night. It's fine. As long as she's I mean, okay with it. You'd all have to get cozy in the back seat, so... <laughs> Snuggle party in the back. If you were going to, like, go to the deep and spend any amount of time there, like, more than an hour, you would probably wind up needing to stay in Portland somewhere. That place would only open, really, around 5.30 at the earliest, because, again, it is an evening bar and nightclub, depending on how comfy any of you are at driving in the dark at night. If you left at 7, you could still make it back to Autumn Falls by midnight, 1 o'clock, with, like, gas and road stops and stuff. Felicity doesn't drive, so she has no say in this. (laughs) That's true. I was going to say, I feel like Raven's fairly comfortable. As long as they're only there for an hour or so, she could... She definitely volunteered to drive at least partway, like take the first shift and then have Aiden or someone who's not worried about being tired take the rest of it. I just feel like we should get back to Autumn Falls. <laughs> we keep pushing it like one more night, one more night. But that's just my opinion. We can, we can stay another night if you guys think we need to. Since we are leaving, Damien would like to put a bug in Olivia Eastie's office so that he doesn't have to sneak in every night and he can just get little important recordings at the end of every day. If requisitioning equipment from the Eastie agency is simple and there's not that much red tape to get audio equipment, he can do that. Otherwise, electronic store. I feel like I have to defer to Agent Whitaker on this. Do you think they would allow Damien to check out surveillance equipment i think for if you're checking out anything special like that you would need a reason so like not without a good reason because he is technically like yeah he's an agent so if he uh, like, so he we're just going like a, over to like your next to assignment monster yeah your next assignment is to check in on a loch ness monster sighting so i don't know if they'd let you check out the stuff to bug an office with Now, if you asked for, like, say, an underwater camera that also happened to have a microphone, that might be something that that would be harder to fit in an office, of course. So hiding it in Eastie's office would be more challenging. And not to mention, I will definitely make you roll a series of checks in order to successfully hide the thing without being caught. (laughs) So you can pursue this line of espionage if you'd like, Damien, but 
it's not a I check a thing out and do it. Like you'll have to roll to check it out. You'll have to roll to hide it. You'll have to roll to escape without being noticed doing all this. And then probably I'll have to roll every so often to see if she just finds it because she's also a super spy and would probably check her office on the regular. And there's that ring ring. I'm calling Damien on my burner phone. Yeah, Whitaker. Hi, what's up? Great news, Damien. We got Prithy on our side, which means that if you ever need to check in electronically with anything in the building, chances are you just have to go through them about it and you don't need to do anything fancy on on your end. You just got to convince Prithy it's worthwhile. That's all. That's me, Agent Whitaker, signing off. (laughs) Wow, that just saved me so much time and paperwork and headache. That's great. That all being said, I, I mean, I don't know what you're doing right now. I just called you randomly, but I love your enthusiasm. And I love your creativity. Well, it makes sense you would call. They had just gone to visit, you know, someone who in the EC agency files, it is explicitly said, don't go visit this person for frivolous reasons. So checking in on whether they're safe or not is probably a good idea, Whitaker. But that's true, Damien. You would be informed rather quickly that Prithy is in league with you all, and they are willing to do whatever they can to help you guys uncover whatever plot or corruption might be infesting the agency. Spiegel and Ross are still on a mission, right? You have not heard from them since they left after the radio ghost. Okay. You didn't even actually get very much detail as to what they were going off to look into or apprehend. They just kind of left the scene and didn't leave a bread trail, really. Interessant. They're the only other people I'd want to like. Well, not the only other people, but they're my next favorite people in the EAST agency, so. I wonder if you have the relationship with either of them that you would know how to contact them even when they're gone dark. Ooh. I don't want to, like, do anything, it's, you know, talk secrets over the phone, though. Yeah. Right. Norm, I love Norm. Shut up. <laughs> but Norm, <laughs> you know, you know he's like... At the heart of it all, Norm's Norm's got his own business, and we can't we can't jeopardize Norm's four hundred one k. We can't take away bring his up dental. Norm. He needs it. He's too nice. He's just a normal guy who needs his job. Too nice. He doesn't want anything Listen, to do with this. A normal guy. <laughs> Get out. That all being said, if anyone else would like to talk secrets with Norm, I'm always open to being convinced. I'm not sure what role it would be to just have a connection like that i guess you just either have one or you don't no how about this why doesn't whitaker use magic use mat oh oh it's plot magic (laughs) yeah magic i know i'm making you do this it's gonna be weird that's insane literally i don't like it well i find well actually i know what the modifier is at zero I was about to ask. I was curious. If it's not a negative, it's at least zero. Yeah. He's he's more weird than he is charming, which is really something. Uh, it's a failure. It's a five. Go ahead and mark experience. There's no glitch or anything because you're not doing a spell. This is just you using the weird role to, to say, how weird am I? Is it weird that I would have a secret contact in my own agency. Since you do get to make that into a hard move if you want, it could be that Spiegel and Ross just fucking hate me. But Whitaker think thinks I, they're friends. Well, I think but the but hard Whitaker move, thinks they're friends. I think the hard move is that Whitaker tries calling them on a number that they 
gave him at one point be like if you ever need us we can definitely be reached with this number and it goes to voicemail <laughs> well um <laughs> call me when you get a chance it's kind of important have fun on your mission hope you're well bye so yeah no dice no luck contacting spiegel and ross raven you didn't go to the story shop so you would still be at the agency do you think you and Prithy and Whitaker just are sitting still in the cafeteria or did you go to an office maybe or back to the cabin? Well, I was kind of picturing Whitaker having all these phone calls with Raven sitting a couple feet away looking baffled. But yeah, if we have nothing else to do, we probably could have gone back to the cabin or to like Prithy's office just to hang out. Whitaker and Raven can gossip for a bit. That's also yeah, just something I assume they, they were still hanging out. Yeah. So what do you think of Prithy? <laughs> what do you think of Prithy? I asked first. Come on, Raven, it's basic rules of etiquette. Um, Raven's just going to, like, mumble into her drink and not really give any type of actual answer. Raven, as you're trying to avoid Whitaker's line of questioning, you feel windy, their ears perk up, and they hop off your shoulder and then hop over towards the line where other people are in line getting their afternoon snack or maybe an early dinner, that sort of thing. And they stop and sit and look up at this younger looking guy. He's got very dark black hair that's just sort of combed over neatly to one side. And he gets his uh, drink. He turns over and sees Wendy down on the ground and gives a little nod and starts to scan the area to see who Wendy not belongs to, but like where it came from. He catches Whitaker and looks over at you at the table and starts to approach you. Uh, Raven's going to kind of put her hand down and like snap a little bit and give like a, come here. And just have Wendy like jump back into her lap. They hop over and position themselves in your lap again. Whitaker still cannot see Wendy. Has no idea what Raven's doing. No. (laughs) I forgot about that. But Whitaker, what you do see is uh, your associate friend. We haven't decided really on how close he is with all his other co-workers, but it's Tomas. Nice. Raven, you see as this guy approaches on his shoulder, hanging there like a sloth almost. You don't see it until he moves to get around a table, and so you see him in profile for a second. You can see hanging off his right shoulder is this little creature. I suppose we could say it is almost sloth-like, but it's actually also has a shell like a turtle. And growing out of the shell are various fungus and lichen and little mushroom heads and things and it's got a little turtle head that kind of peeks its head out of the shell so tomas comes over says afternoon whitaker hey good to see you how you been well we're getting the lab and the ritual room cleaned up after the mess from the other day i assume this is one of your recruits oh let me make introductions Miss Eugenia, this is tomas ramos he's one of the um magical associates and uh, uh, sort of consultants here at the EC agency. You might actually want to talk to him a little bit. Tomas, this is Miss Raven Eugenia, one of my crew, and she's also a budding magical user. She she uses magic. You two should talk. He grins as you stumble over the end bit, because he knows you don't get magic, really. And he says, don't hurt yourself, Whitaker. Hi, the name is Tomas. Good to see another summoner around. Uh, Raven will stand up. She'll like kind of scoop Wendy in one arm and stand up to shake his hand. Oh, nice to meet you. This is Wendy and she'll gesture. <laughs> I love your little friend there. Can 
can Wendy say hi? Is that okay? And she'll hold up Wendy. <laughs> he takes his hand over his shoulder, pulls the turtle sloth up and lets it sit in his other arm and holds it out. It's interesting you gave it a name. I've never thought to do that with my little pal here. It just seemed fitting. Wendy can manipulate the wind and the air, and they're also really good with the bow. So it's just a cute little nickname that they seem to like. He nods. Combat spirit. Interesting. My pal here is more of a very low-key familiar. He helps me with spell ingredients and making potions and that sort of stuff. Wow. And you see he actually picks one of the mushrooms off the turtle sloth's back, smushes it between his fingers, and drops it into his coffee. (laughs) That is fascinating. I didn't know you could do that. You can do all sorts of stuff by summoning spirits. Have you done it a lot? I'm very new. (laughs) Oh, okay. Only, Only a couple of times. Sometimes have been disappointing, and other times have been really, really cool. But definitely still a beginner, still learning. Long well, ago. welcome to come by me and Marissa's office. We are constantly experimenting, but that can be kind of a turnoff for a lot of the agents here because they don't really understand what we're doing. No offense, Whitaker. I'm taken. He's looking at like the you two like playing with your invisible animals. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, never understand it. But that's okay. <laughs> a little turtle sloth. It does seem to just sort of be nodding and observing Wendy, who is sniffing at it with its wooden masked face. Do you think I should name it? Yeah. Maybe maybe just try something out. See if see if they like it. Hmm. Shelford? Is that anything? <laughs> I like Terrible it. Name. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> try it out. See if see if they like Shelford. Alright. What do you think, Shelford? And it does not react because it's a turtle sloth. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe keep experimenting. uh, Yeah, he's like, all right, we'll we'll workshop that one. Nice to meet you, Raven Eugenia. You Uh, too. See you around, Whitaker. Hold on. There's um, something I wanted to ask you. And he walks up with Tomas. He he doesn't want Raven to hear this necessarily. Sure. Tomas puts the turtle back onto his shoulder and it does its little piggyback thing that it's want to do. So about, uh, you know, our sort of agreement, um, I'm not sure what a breakthrough is in terms of magical stuff, but there might be one. Uh, um, I was wondering, and I don't know if this is something you could look into or confirm or deny for me. In the uh, big fight with the, um, the Shifter gang, there was this moment where Felicity did something that made everyone in the room just move super slowly. But we, you know, our minds are still intact. We could feel time moving slower. It wasn't like... Uh, we, like, we could perceive it in real time. And, 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 whatever. Body's moving slowly, mind's still going normal speed. And I'm just wondering, do you think, um, do you think if she can do that, do you think she could turn it back? Because we, we've talked about curse breaking and stuff like that. We've never really thought about time reversal, just, just straight time reversal, which I didn't think was really a thing you could do. But then she does that, and suddenly I'm thinking, well, is that something? Is that something we could try? I think we can certainly look into it, Whitaker. But what you're saying is wild. We knew from Vines's report that your friend there, she doesn't fit on the scale. We can't really plot her with other magic users because she doesn't make any sense, even to us. So with that said, I understand your impatience, or rather frustration, 
because curse breaking is hard to not only get right, but make stick. I mean, maybe your friend can do it. There's a lot of potential there, but from what Marissa told me, she, she sent me a text, actually. He takes out his phone, and you see he like flips through some messages that Marissa sent him, where it's like, she doesn't know how to control her powers. Every time she does something, she's completely chancing it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, not that it's the wrong idea, but with this sort of magic manipulation, it's like you have a sandwich, right? And there's you, and then the curse that's on the sandwich is like a bad sauce that you didn't really want on there. You can't just dump honey mustard on that sandwich to make it better, because it'll mix with that bad sauce and it could go even worse. Does that make sense? So when you use that metaphor, I'm thinking we like turn back time so the sauce was never there, but that's just me. (laughs) That's just how I'm perceiving this problem right now. Right. Magic is usually additive. You can break it and then it sort of dissipates and goes away, but that's like a whole other process than, you know, it's like scraping the sauce off. There's always going to be a little bit left over. So, yeah, it's a good idea. It's certainly an interesting idea. We'll look into it for sure. But I mean, yeah, it'd be a big ask regardless, but, um, you know, appreciate it. Uh, You know, I wasn't sure going in, just thought I'd bring it up as something to look out for. Yeah. We haven't forgotten about you, Wicker. We're we're doing our best. There's just a lot on our plate. Of course, yeah. No, no, no worries. It's fine. Don't don't take too much time out of your day for it. Yeah, I'll just um, head back. But thank you. I think it's really good that you're reaching out and starting to form your own little cell. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They they kind of forced themselves on me. Gonna be honest. Didn't really have a choice in this one, but um. Working out so far. There are worse things. Take it easy. You too. I just want to say when Whitaker comes back to the table, Raven is feeding Wendy little, like, tiny bits of food. I just want Whitaker to see her handing food to empty space and the food disappearing. That's all. What are you handing them? I can't quite remember what she was eating. If it was, like, a wrap or something. If there's any type of little bits of, like, lettuce or carrot or something. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, french fries. She's giving her, like, a tiny little piece. Just, like, a little nibble. Hmm. If you give Wendy this little bit of food, it looks at you, looks back at the food, plays with it in its little raccoon paws for a second. You don't see it put it anywhere, because, again, its face is just this wooden mm-hmm. mask. But as Whitaker's, like, coming over, you make quick eye contact with him, like, oh, he's back. And when you look back, the food is gone. I love that. Yeah, I don't think Raven's ever seen Wendy eat, but she just feels like she needs to provide for this thing. And so it she always, tries to give it food sometimes. It always seems to happen in that moment where you glance away and, it's, and the food is gone. And he it has just seems no like idea perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely an extra bowl of water, like, near her cat's food for Wendy. She has no idea if it consumes anything, but she's trying. That's very sweet. Okay, well... Real quick, Damien is going to turn to Hugo, now that we have all come out of Dr. Kabe's. Yeah, you guys are leaving that shop and heading back on public transit. Hugo, I would like to express regret for... Any inconvenience I might have caused in the shop. (laughs) Aiden is choking on the drink she is drinking when you say that. Due to my nature, I'm going to lie. I'm going to be rude and mean. And I appreciate you for sticking through those difficult times and for being honest and 
uh, helping us learn a little bit more about what was going on there. You're, you're welcome. I'm still not quite sure what you mean, but you're welcome. I think that was an apology. Wait, what? She's like wiping the coffee that she spit all over her scarf off. I, I think technically an apology would have required the phrase, I'm sorry, or there it is. something. I, well, I, I quoted it. I was using it as an example. I'm kidding, Damien. Okay. At the same time, he hasn't really denied it, so... Mm. Well, no, it wasn't an apology. It was expressing how my actions might not have been as convenient as you want them to be. Baby steps. Okay, Damien. And the bus stops, and Aiden and Hugo leave it, and you're just sort of left there, like, <laughs> now trying to convince them you didn't mean to apologize. <laughs> so they meet you guys wherever you tell them to go, I would think. Either the cabin to pack up your stuff, or if you guys want to have picked up the car and driven it around to the front so they don't have to go very far on the compound. Yeah, we can grab their stuff for them if they want. Felicity, just to quickly check in with you, the last thing you did was talk to Norm, and you were also talking with Marissa, I think. How about the cabin? I'm waiting for everybody. I've made brownies. <laughs> That's very good. Whitaker's going to pull Felicity aside real quick. Um, hey, yeah? Yeah, uh, sorry, I haven't really gotten around to talking to you just because everything's been moving so quickly for the past Yeah, you don't you know, really ever 36. talk to me at all. This is, this is great. Yeah, uh... Well, Felicity, I um, I wanted to apologize. Actually, uh, I've been meaning to for a second now. For what? Uh, Why? It's just I meant to do this sooner, but um, you got really hurt back there in in the warehouse, and um, I know, God, what am I saying? In the warehouse when we went in, and and I was saying you were gonna go undo the magic on the box to get the uh. The, the babies out or whatever, and mm-hmm. I said I was gonna have your back, and I didn't. Oh, no, that's, Whitaker, no, that's no, fine. No, Miss Starbuck, please, please, I just, that was, that was not fair. The fact that I don't really know a lot about how magic works means I can't just throw you at everything that I don't understand and think you can solve it while I'm backing you up with just a gun. Because <laughs> the problem wasn't, you know, that the, uh, that the the goat man was coming after you. It was that the bloody thunderbird was, and that is not a problem that I can defend you on. And I shouldn't have thrown you at it, thinking I could. Aiden asked me to keep you safe, and I was going to apologize to her too. But I thought it was only fair that I apologize to you first. Whitaker, no, hang on. Listen, I didn't go in there because you asked me to. I went in there because I wanted to. Whether you had my back or not, I was still, that was our mission, was to save the babies. And I was going to go and do that. I have a lot of trouble keeping the people around me safe sometimes. And I just, regardless of whether you wanted to or not, or whose fault it is or anything like that, I just, I don't. Wait, wait, I want to avoid. Whitaker, am I dead? By some miracle, no. Then I'm safe. And you did it. All of you guys. We beat it. And it's fine. Everything's fine. I almost died. I got over it. We move on and we go to the next mission. That's our job. Now. Alright. Well, know that I'm still sorry you got hurt. It's really okay. It's really okay. I thought that I could do it on my own. I couldn't. 
I went in there on my own. I didn't ask for anyone else to come with me, right? Yeah, uh, no, of, of course. I, I just, I feel bad. It's okay. I appreciate that you feel bad, but just know it wasn't your fault. All right. And then I'm gonna give Whitaker a big hug. Oh, um. <laughs> I'm happy you care about me. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, go pack your stuff or whatever. Do you want brownies? They're, uh, I made them. They're in the kitchen. My stuff's almost all, all packed. Um, I really only had 15 minutes when they were in the oven to be able to pack my stuff. Oh, get a brownie. They smell really good, by the way. Thank so. you. I put, is that, like, caramel is that homemade? on top. Oh. Yes. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Little caramel chips in it. Delicious. All right. I'll go grab one. You guys enjoy some of Felicity's brownies, pack up the Whitaker truck, and basically go to check out, perhaps at the front desk with Susie. Everyone's favorite secretary. Hi, Susie! Hello, Felicity. How's your new setup? Is it good? Yep, it is still good since this morning when you asked me. I just wanted to make sure that nothing has changed. Thankfully, no. In eight hours, we have had a normal business day here at the agency. That's really great. Listen, Susie, I got you a present. She slides back in her office chair the tiniest bit. And she reaches into her backpack and she pulls out one of those plaques. It says world's number one mom, but she crossed off mom and she wrote secretary. Oh, I love it. She looks at it. Her face is incredulous. I cross it off because you're not my mom. You're a secretary. Yes, that is true. Felicity's going to take it from her and then put it on her desk for her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Put it where everyone can see it. See, now everybody will know that you, Susie, are the number one secretary. Very good, Miss Starnbrook. Thank you. It's very kind. You're welcome. Whitaker? Good to see you, Susie. Just gonna be checking out. This is for you, and she hands you a set of keys. Great. Yes. What are the keys to? They should be hooking it up to your vehicle for your trip back. We thought it important to replace your living situation if you're going to be on the road for a little while. Oh, excellent. So it's a new trailer then? Well, the truck is the same. We can swap your vehicle too if you'd prefer a van, but we... Oh, no, the, the, the truck's fine. I like the truck. Good. Uh, yes, we've outfitted you with a camper of sorts. A little bigger since you have Mr. Edgecrest working with you, so there's space for him. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Stay safe, Agent. Yeah. You as well. Make sure things don't get too crazy around here. Fortunately, the number one secretary will be on the job. She gives you, like, <laughs> a raised eyebrow look, like, get these people <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Whitaker nods knowingly. <laughs> and we go, I guess. <laughs> Do you guys intend to go to the deep before you actually leave the city? That will be up to everyone. Uh, I thought we might at least want to check it out. How does everybody feel about one last nightclub trip for reconnaissance reasons? Reconnaissance reasons only, I swear to God. You'd have to order me not to. And even yes. then... All right, the mission is very simple. We are not staying long. I'm probably not going to go in for fear of temptation, find out what type of people go there, and if anyone looks suspicious, 
ask about the guy whose card we stole it from and do not call attention to yourself. And if anything goes wrong, get out of there, please. I'm going to keep the truck warm. All um, right. He goes Whitaker, the truck warm. Uh, you'd mentioned you wanted to avoid temptation and I'm on board for that. Like if it's booze, if it's, you know, women or men or, you know, whatever, then we can be sure to, you know, keep that away from you. So you don't give in. Damien, you don't get to continue this line of questioning. I just want to be able to make a long drive and not crash. That is literally it. You don't have to drive the whole way. I don't need to sleep. I'll take over when you it's get tired. Tr- God, no, it's my truck. You need to learn to rely on your partner. Listen, if you want to get your own truck, you can. It's within your power to do so. This is my truck, and I would like to drive it as much as possible. Is that understood, Agent Edgecrest? It is accepted. You'll probably have to walk, honestly. I don't think there's parking outside or really near the deep for a big SUV and a camper. So that will require a short metro ride. When you get to outside the deep and you guys are deciding who's going to go in, it sounds like Whitaker and Hugo are definitely not going in. Aiden also doesn't really want to go in if the goal is to lay low because she knows that if anything bad happens, she will be tempted to flex her powers and save anyone in trouble. But she's also a little concerned about just having the two humans and Damien go in by themselves. (laughs) I'll stay outside if you think that's best, but please stick to the plan. Like an hour tops, okay? What exactly is the plan? just so we're all on the same page. I know we've said, like, reconnaissance and stuff, but, like, what are we doing here? Trying to make as many friends as possible and interact with as many people as possible to figure out what they're about, where they're from, what they're doing, occupation, that sort of thing. Damien, do you remember the name of the person you stole this card from? You know, the wizard. Damien, do not wear his coat into there, please. (laughs) That was my plan. So I guess I'm going to have to rethink my plan. Was your plan to look like him? Uh, Oh, that's actually kind of good, though. (laughs) Yeah, but since I don't want to give Damien the ability to, like, do a good job of copying people, I always imagine that he could go in with, like, a big burn mark on his face. So anyone who would look and say, oh, yeah, that's that's the guy. That's his peacoat. Leon Flint is the name of the wizard that you guys fought. We just referred to him as the wizard for I know. the entire fight. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty cool name, but nicknames will always stick harder. So, For the sake of demonstration, Damien will, with the coat on, morph his face to look as if Leon Flint had stood too close to a fire. All right, that's a different plan, but that could also be pretty good. As long as you're ready to answer questions about what happened to your face... Because anyone who knows him is going to immediately wonder what the heck happened. Yeah, I'd figure out if you got any friends there. And by God, do not bring up King's name, but listen out for it just in case. I guess you want to listen out for his full name, technically. it's um, I- I've only ever heard him referred to as King Octopus. I don't know if that means anything. That's just what I've heard him called. Don't read too far into it. That's just, that's just what they called him. But King is the big moniker. That's, that's the one you want to listen out for. 
maybe because of the whole burn thing, you can fake a little bit of amnesia, kind of. If someone comes up and knows you, just be like, oh, you know, I was in an accident. I'm sorry. I d- What's your name again? <laughs> and just get information that way. I imagine that someone in his line of work isn't going to be too forthcoming with the details of his escapades anyway. So I think I could just play it like Hugo and say something cool and disarming that doesn't quite answer their questions. But we also want information out of them as well. So anything you can pull from them because they feel bad that you're in a terrible accident would be good. I guess I want to figure out if this place is like a front for anything or if it's just a regular old nightclub. While you're in there taking out your security cameras, if things do feel like there could be something going on here, you can probably get Prithia to look into them at some point. Damien? Yes? I feel like I'm a little bit nervous about this, and maybe we should practice, okay? I am 0% nervous, but if it would make you feel better, then It would make me feel a little bit great. better. So we're going to do this. I'm going to be the person that the wizard knew, and you're going to be you. Got it? Yeah, sounds great. All right, so I'm at the bar. Uh, I'll have a big whiskey. Oh my god! To dull the pain. The wizard. What happened to your face? Ah, I'm glad you're using my code name and not my real name in this public establishment. (laughs) I am shocked. I haven't seen you in quite some time. Yeah, it's Uh, been a while. Do you remember me? We met at that that one time. As. As you can tell, after the most recent job, it went south. Is that you telling me what your face is about? Yes, it's much worse than before, and I appreciate you not making a big deal about it, because I'm really self-conscious about it now. Oh my god! Yeah, it's pretty badass. There was lots of explosions and lightning, of course. But anyway, Dad, do you, like, remember me? Oh, it has been so long. I am... So sorry. They also had a wizard. It was a wizard duel. So, you know how those things go. Crazy spells, mind control, Uh lasers. But anyway, do you you remember me, though? I don't. They had a very effective wizard. I I apologize. Ah, uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You got amnesia. Raven's just in the car with like a little cop bag, like putting on more eyeliner. <laughs> just like getting ready to go in the club. He's wearing something cute. Nothing too crazy. Aiden just tugs on your coat and it's like, what if just you and I went in? I don't feel good about this at all now. <laughs> like yeah, watching Felicity thinking... and Damien roleplay. <laughs> yeah. Damien should definitely go in by himself. We are not with this Flint guy. We don't know him. So we should be going in separately anyway. But Yeah, I would feel safer if you came with us, Aiden. Like, a lot safer. Yeah, okay. So, separate teams. Team Damien, and then team the three of us. Yeah, for sure. All right. Damien, if you get in trouble, we are going to leave. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll catch up with you. That sounds great. Great. Perfect. Also, I vote that uh, Team Girl Power goes in first. Maybe just sets up at the bar and then tries to clock anyone's reactions when Damien comes in. Maybe have him just wait five, ten minutes. If you think Damien can wait while all of us are inside. Even just a couple minutes. We just have to make it very clear that we are going in separately. 
you know, we'll just be like mid-conversation as the three of us go in. And then as soon as Damien comes in, we like won't even look at him. But we'll see if anyone else reacts to him coming in. It'll be fine. I have faith in all of you. That makes one of us, Hugo. You guys get to The Deep. Full name, The Deep End, is a very modern-looking nightclub from the outside. There is ground lighting and lots of little outdoor tables where people can hang around and drink within a gated enclosed area so that they're not technically in public drinking. The facade of the building actually looks sort of like it's made of reclaimed wood from old piers and wood that has been submerged in water for a little while. There's barnacles, whether fake or real, just sort of there on some of the large beam timbers that make up the front entrance. And when you step inside, all of the furniture and seating structures and little alcoves and booths where you can go and spend time with your friends at this club have lighting built into the bottom of them, pulsing and glowing different colors. There are these decorative glass structures that rise up out of the floor in columns and cause the light to bounce and refract off them. The light, because of all this glass and interior muted but neon color and the projectors that you can see as you walk in creating patterns in moving lights on the floor you instantly get the feeling that you're underwater and even the music that's playing in here has sort of a muted quality to it it's still loud but it's almost like it is pulsing through a speaker that's being muffled by being placed underwater or placed behind a thick sheet of glass There is some mist from a fog machine in different corners pouring out occasionally to create a very misted layer on the ground. As you make your way past the initial check-in point where you like get a little wristband and pay the cover and stuff, you can see that there are spiraling stairs that actually start to descend. And so the ground floor is actually the top floor and then it goes down into these descending VIP and private room areas like a big tower into the ground. There are lounge seating and this multi-story large aquarium tank filled with fish and a coral structure that's likely man-made but made to look like a reef and everything at the center of this area that goes into the ground a few basement levels down. There is a certain point where there's another check-in spot after the first lower level. There is someone standing there to guard the even deeper levels where you're not allowed to go down if you're not approved or you're not VIP. That's the deep. Welcome. What do you do? So this first level, as soon as we walk in, is there like a bar and like a dance floor? There is. Okay. You get the idea that the deeper you go, the more exclusive and the more private and the more swanky the the areas are that you can entertain in. Raven's gonna gesture to the bar on this level and just be like, should we get a drink? I thought you'd never ask. Raven's gonna order some virgin cocktail that looks like a fancy drink, but she's not drinking tonight. But she wants to blend it. Of Long Island iced tea, please. (laughs) Okay. Felicity orders her favorite thing. Despite the lesson you learned. I feel like... That is a lesson that everybody repeats multiple times throughout their life. Everybody! (laughs) I repeat it multiple times. Aiden has a fruit juice cocktail, same thing you got, Raven. Felicity starts sipping down her Long Island iced tea. (laughs) Aiden definitely looks at you and is like, 
So now it is just the two of us. <sighs> yep. Just the two of us babysitting. I'm fine. I'll be you fine. You say it very loudly. <laughs> you say that now. I'll be we'll fine. We'll in a little bit. All right. I'm going to go look around. I'll try and blend in. So Sounds she good. is going to go try and figure out what this place's deal is. Why don't you guys investigate a mystery? That's kind of what you're doing here. I got an eight. Ten. So Raven, you get one question you can ask and Felicity gets three. Or gets two. Uh, on a ten plus, hold two. On a seven and nine, hold one. Oh, fair enough. What am I thinking gets three? Let's read a bad situation. What is being concealed here? Dang, that's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> I figured... <laughs> I figured we could ask these, and like as we progress yeah. through the night, they'll be revealed. I'm not expecting Raven to just look around and immediately <laughs> see all of the secrets they're hiding. Yep, and I, I like that that's the thing you're going to find out. So what are your questions, Felicity? I feel like none of these really apply to a place. They all apply to a creature. Other than what happened here. Yeah, I think what happened yeah. here. All right, we can say what happened here, and also I'll let you ask one question that's, like, not on the list. Because you're right. A lot of times okay. it doesn't make sense to ask some of the questions. Yeah, what so happened there are, here? There are holds. You could just hang on to the other two until that's something true. happens. Yeah, I'll ask what gonna... happened here, and then I'll save the other one. How long do you guys spend here? The original plan was an hour or so. What is Raven's investigative approach? She's not drinking, so she's clearly with it. But how is she going to snoop around this club to try and figure out if there's anything untoward about it? I think she's hanging out at the bar a little bit, doing the, like, back against the bar, like, elbows leaning on it, kind of scanning everything for a bit, getting the lay of the land. After a little while, she'll probably wander around the outskirts of the dance floor, vibing a little bit, but not really dancing with anyone, just trying to blend in, get a good look at the other people around. Like, are all of them human or any of them kind of weird? just get a good look at everyone in there without trying to make it seem like she's staring at everyone. I'm just here having a good time with my friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> not being suspicious. And then she might like go to the bathroom or something when she's finished her drink, see what the <laughs> girls in the bathroom situation is like. If there's okay. anyone to talk to. Felicity? At what point is this? Have we just made it in? Well, I'm, I'm letting you describe what your first hour in the club is like. What is Felicity pursuing? Oh, yeah. Okay. So Felicity, she's kind of following Raven around a little bit in the beginning. She's doing that thing where the drink is in your hand, and so you're just mindlessly taking sips of it because it's there and in your hand, and suddenly it's gone. So when Raven goes to the bathroom... She goes back to the bar and gets another one. And while she's in the bathroom, she's gonna go and try to talk to the people at the bar. <laughs> she's gonna go ask them questions and uh, see what their deal is. All right, that's sort of drunk. a little more of an interaction. What do you ask the bartender? He is a dark-skinned guy with a few earring piercings and studs clean-shaven, pretty tight-cut hair. He's just wearing all black and a little apron for keeping his rags and, and other tools and stuff in. He says, another one? Okay, don't get in over your head. This is only two, man. I'm fine. Okay. So, like, how are you? How's your day? He's got something he's shaking, and he says, pretty standard. Not a big crowd tonight, but 
lot of the usuals. Most of them I did have... well, that's nice. And she's gonna like lean on the bar a little bit. And she's gonna be like, I have the craziest question. I've never really ever met a bartender before that was just like a regular dude, you know? And I just gonna know like, who's like the craziest person you've ever seen come in here? He thinks about that for a second, pours out the drink he's fixing for the person sitting next to you, slides it to them. I mean, the owner's kind of eccentric. So the craziest person that you've ever seen come into this bar is the owner? I mean, have you seen him? No, but there aren't any like noteworthy regulars. That seems like a boring bar, man. Well, I mean, it's Portland. Everybody who comes in is a little interesting. You're very interesting. And you're like halfway on the bar at this point. Like. I Listen, man, you do not know how many times I've gotten that in the past couple of days. Welcome to the deep end and this great city. What, what kind of weird are you looking for? Uh, I'm in a band. I do shows in another club in town. Which uh, one? Let's see. Portland lore. He <laughs> plays at the the White Owl Social Club, which is a pretty exclusive place. And you go there to listen to very discerningly selected musical selections. Mm. It's like the high fashion of the music scene in Portland. So there's a like lot the of variety. It's, it's very hipster. There's no top 40 being played in this place. It's all much more niche and yeah, so that's that's where he has played a few times. He says his band is alternative Norse folk. <laughs> I would listen to that. Maddie in real life would listen to that. Oh yeah, you listen yeah. to any kind of folk. I love um, folk. Probably can't can get, get in. in. We're all losers. But <laughs> he's like, you just gotta get in line pretty early. There's a, well, there's like a capacity limit, you know. Yeah. Okay. Also, the day of the week matters a lot. What days does your band play? Uh, we're Wednesdays, so, you know, not Oh, the peak, so, like, but... you're kind of like a shitty day. Well, no. I mean, we're not a weekend headliner, but, wow. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> he, like, starts to ignore no, you. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Listen, Felicity, man, you have I made mean... drunk decisions. I gotta move on. Damien. <laughs> You get yes. into the bar, it's maybe 10 minutes after Girl Squad goes in and starts casing the place. What is your approach? Damien walks in with the gate of Dr. House, using a cane on his left side to get around and help accentuate that the left side of his face is burned. And he's even given himself an eye patch because, you know, you rarely have a good excuse to wear an eye patch. <laughs> So he will walk in wearing the signature pea coat and head directly to the bar to stock up on the oldest scotch they have served neat before heading directly to where he's noticed is the next level down. You get some looks as you walk through. Leon Flint is sort of a striking figure on his own. And now that he looks like a burn victim on half of his face with an eye patch and the big coat and everything. You take your drink, you head down. It's a combination of longer platform and then some steps and then longer platform and some steps. So it sort of tears its way down around this big central aquarium tank. You get down to past the first 
below ground level. You see that the lighting past that point is much dimmer, except for in the rooms where you can only really see through the cracks in like the black curtains that are drawn in front of them. And there's that other checkpoint with the gate and uh, a couple bouncers. One of them actually whispers something to his coworker and turns around and goes behind the gate and, and starts like heading further deeper. The lady who's there, she's like pretty muscular, waits for you to get there and says, Mr. Flint, didn't think you were alive. It's gonna take more than a few whippersnappers to take me out. I've been are, underestimated before. Are you here to see the king? If there's time, I don't wish to interrupt him or be a bother. That might be wise. He's been in a bad mood. Things didn't go so well. I imagine he's bent out of shape. Level with me. Is it worth speaking with him today, or is it that bad, and should I come back tomorrow? Well, you're here. I'll be drinking. Page me when he needs me. You can head right down to his suite. I'll let the boys know you're on your way. Excellent. I appreciate that. When you start to head further down into the lower levels, Damien, the sound becomes a little clearer, but the type of music that's playing becomes less electronic and dance and more sort of ambient classical, but with some synthesizer and modified electrical sounds suffusing it. So it's not quite classical music. It's, it's sort of classical music being remixed a bit. We'll check in with you in a second. Raven, your what is being concealed here question. We spend some time, you're walking around, you make eye contact with Aiden a few times as she also wanders and looks around and stuff. Then you head to the restroom where it just seems like there's people waiting in line. They're like chatting about what they're going to get next or, oh my gosh, have you seen that guy? I catch a dance with him. No, you definitely should, blah, blah, blah. So it's just normal club banter and you're like at the sink or whatever. Aiden pokes her head in. I think I saw something. Can you come look at this? Yeah, what's up? She takes you over to where there is a railing that you can kind of, if there's space, you can lean on it, look down and stare down into this tall aquarium tower. Is Raven afraid of aquariums? I'm recalling (laughs) this was a thing. It's been on my mind for the past few minutes. I think canonly Raven is a little creeped out by aquariums. Cause like the, me, I was like, oh man, that'd be so cool. I would totally love to be over there. Like, look at the fish. Like that's Mm -hmm. how I'd act natural would be to look at these fish. Raven's been like, if the fish tank is part of that level, she's been like avoiding it. She's not like terrified, no, no. she's just unnerved. Yeah, no, I want to make it clear. The fish tank is part of every level. Okay, that's what I thought. It, lo- it's it like looks, all it the looks way like up. a four-story circular tube. Yeah, she's been at least several feet away every time she goes past it and like yeah. doesn't quite look at it. It's more of just looking forward, not even. Do you resist a little when she's bringing you over there? If she's... Yeah, if Aiden's pulling her, like, right up to it, she's kind of, like, stiffening up a little bit, not wanting to be right next to it. Aiden feels that and looks at you. She's like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm just not the biggest fan of aquariums. Giant tanks of water. That's so much water. That's You don't need that much water in one place with all these fish. It's just, I don't know, they creep me out a little bit. Do you want me to help? Can you? She holds her hand out, and she's wearing some fingerless gloves or whatever, but you see just the faintest little bit of glow in the palm coming through her glove. I've got you. Is she, like, reaching her hand out? 
for you to take it, yeah. Oh yeah, she'll take it. All right. You feel that calming effect that she's been able to use on you before in like scary situations. When she takes your hand, she gives a little squeeze, brings you over to this railing and points down into this big aquarium tube. Just watch that spot right down there at the bottom. And you watch for a while. You see a bunch of different fish in this tank. It's multi-tiered and almost looks like it might be set up to emulate the different layers of the coast. So at the top, there's smaller fish and a lot of seaweed and things. And as it goes down a level, you see like a turtle swimming and maybe a a sand shark or something poking in between holes in the coral structure. And then even deeper, there's crustaceans and crabs crawling around. And as you peer and really pay attention down towards the bottom, you see a figure dart out of the structure really quickly and then dart back around it. So you lose sight of it, but it looked a little humanoid. That, did you see that? Every couple of minutes, every couple of minutes, I've been noticing it. That is so weird. It's like person size. Like I know we're kind of far away, but right? Like that's big, isn't it? It's it's got arms. Oh my God. And you watch for another few minutes and you see another shape like that. And this one is carrying something and like the light catches it really quickly and glints off of it, then it's gone. You can't quite make out what it is. Cause again, it's very deep into the water. You're just getting these little shadows of it. That is so weird. Have you noticed anything with some of the people? Like, is everyone here human? Is this just a normal club? Up here? Did you see Damien come in? I saw him come through, but I didn't want to follow him too, obviously. I have been trying not to see him, because I know if I watch him, he'll do something and I'll need to follow him, and I didn't want to put that responsibility on us. Yeah, I think I saw him go down a level, and I was a little too nervous to follow him. That's not the plan today, right? It's just to scope things out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I've been checking the time every few minutes. My plan was hour and a half, two hours, absolute max, and we're out of here. Let's and I've been fun. keeping an eye on Felicity. She's over there. We should make sure she doesn't get anything else and probably leave soon. Yeah. Do Can we have any way to- join them at the aquarium? Yes. Sure. Raven, like, like, make eye contact and wave her over. Fish! Guys! What do you think? What's that kind of fish? What kind of fish do you think that is? I think, <gasps> look guys, look, it's Nemo and Dory. <laughs> Have you seen the sea turtle yet? No, there's a sea turtle? What there's were you guys turtle. looking at? Wait, we'll just look at Aiden like, do you want to tell her or are you going to make something up? <laughs> we think there's something unusual towards the bottom of the tank, but. Is this a whisper time? I imagine there's yeah. loud music, so we're just, like, talking. Yeah, there's loud music. So, she's like, she says it into your ear, Felicity. I don't really want to dig any deeper than that today. I'll dig deeper than that. No, no. Not tonight. Remember, team, we're going to go in, check it, and leave? Mm. That's still the plan. Where's Damien? He's going to figure it out. Downstairs He's on his own. Somewhere. I don't like this. He's a little bit crazy, you know? Oh, we know. I know. That's why we're not following him. We can't. What if, I don't know if I could bring him back a second time, you know? He'll be fine. He He'll be okay. He'll go through walls and turn into birds and fly home. He'll be okay. He still died once. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. And he's learned a lot since then. And he'll be fine. We're going to make things worse if we follow him. We have no idea what he's doing down there. Yeah, we have no other information on this place. It could be very dangerous down there. Ask some more people. 
No, we can't, Felicity. We have to go. This is a secret. Oh, okay. I knew you were gonna say that. That checks out. All right, so like one more dance? Let's, let's dance, Felicity. Yes! All right, so Aiden ushers you towards the dance floor, Felicity. She like looks back at Raven. We'll leave soon. Raven's gonna text Whitaker and be like, one more dance, we'll be out soon. And then she'll put her phone away and follow them and dance with them. Okay. Damien, as you're getting deeper, you start to see that there's archways to walk under, but as part of those archways, it feels like it's about the size of a corridor that connects to the aquarium. You'll be walking along the staircase and it will drop drastically with a set of stairs. And if it had continued, you would have smacked right into this abutment that extends from the outer wall and goes right up against the glass of the tank. And it's black, so you can't see what that's about, but you keep going. That happens a few times. And then you get down to the fifth floor, which opens up. And rather than rooms off of this spiral downward, the whole thing opens up to a much larger space. But the walls of this much larger space are also tanks filled with fish and rocks and coral and seaweed and everything. There are a few people down here dancing. You recognize some of them are goblins, folk, there's a minotaur, there is a stage and what looks like a boxing ring, there is a DJ, there's an announcer sharing the same mic stand podium. So while the music is playing, you have a guy who maybe he's a normal person, but he's wearing sunglasses, you can't see his eyes, and he gives off a very like fey folk sort of energy, and he's announcing... That's the end of the second round. We'll see if Mr. Wright is able to last against the challenger from Seattle. And you can see in the boxing ring, there is this large figure. Their skin is a dark slate gray color. In fact, it's actually stone. They have not large, but big enough that they would make a a pretty intimidating shape if they were to extend, but like wings on the back. Big clawed, meaty hands and sort of a twisted, snarling face with fangs and teeth protruding from both lips. And the announcer says once again, Mason Wright, the stone-fisted! And the crowd, <gasps> Mason! 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 Cheering for him. He gets up and you hear the like sound of rocks shifting. He just raises his big clawed fist into the air. They're like, whoa, yeah! You see there is another figure across the way on the other side of the fighting ring. Our challenger from Seattle, the Armored Menace! And you see what looks like a humanoid armadillo with plates covering their hands and big long claws. Kind of a smushed up face with like a little bit of a a rodent-like nose. And then the rest of them is just like big armored shell. Ding! And it's like, go get him! Woo! And so they start slugging at each other. Clearly a fight happening tonight down here. The noise from this level should be heard upstairs. There's got to be some sort of silencing trick that's happening to keep people from hearing all the shouts and different creatures screaming and you know yelling and having a good time. You see against the back wall, if you are facing it as you come down the final set of stairs from the spiral, 
It looks like part of the tank. Now you can see there is a connecting tube to the central tower from these tanked walls that line the perimeter of this big downstairs room. Just straight ahead with a few more security and people in the way so you couldn't just rush over to there, there is what looks like a large throne made of cement blocks, like the the bottom of like a bridge pylon, made of pieces of that. And sitting in this chair is a figure, which you can't really see because again, the light down here is much more dim. There's only a little bit of underlighting hitting this figure and maybe a little bit of backlighting because the aquarium tanks all seem to be lit from the back that sort of lets a blue glow in on the whole room. You see a couple mermaids swirling around. One of them goes up through the tube that connects to the main aquarium tank. She's got a tray and a little like jeweled knife with a pearl at the pommel of the end of it. She swims into the big main tank, the one that extends up to the first floor, disappears into some of the coral hideaways and things, and returns. And on the plate are a couple fish that she's knifed and put on the plate and swims back through the tube, sets the plate down, and you see the figure at this big throne just reach over, take one and bite into it like it's a chicken wing or something, you know? And if there's a king here, it's him. <laughs> yes, Damien will wait until either the king or one of the guards by the king gestures or nods for him to approach or waves him over. Otherwise, he'll probably go and get into an easily leavable spot observing the fight. So that as soon as he does get waved over, he doesn't have to like step over and around 1500 people. Okay. You aren't approached right away by any of the security. So you do go over to where the fight's happening. You see Mason Wright, who for all intents and purposes, he looks like a gargoyle come to life. And he is just wailing on this armadillo guy's armored guard that he has up trying to like break through it and people are cheering going crazy and you just watch the fight for a little while the armored menace from seattle is holding his own against mason and his claws while they don't seem to like draw blood certainly are strong enough to just blunt force a few blows at this gargoyle fighter you feel on your shoulder a hand lace its way from one shoulder around your neck to the other side and just rests there casually. And you hear this voice and she says, don't look now, Flint, but I think my husband is going to win this one again. There is a snake-like tail that starts to wrap its way around your right ankle. I haven't seen him lose. That's right, you've been with us a while. He's quite something, isn't he? If you like brute force. Brute Force didn't seem to save you at the warehouse, did it? No, it did not. That was one disaster. Agreed. Have you heard from Cade at all? No. I was coming here to see if you all had. Likely he's dead or captured by the agency. Yeah, I saw a few suits. Indeed. You should talk to the king tonight. I'll be the plan. interested in what you have to say. Take care, Flint. And she draws away from you. 
Damien resists the urge to turn and look and just tries to play it as cool as possible. As if he has these sorts of sneaky, snake-like conversations with people all the time in the underground. Sure, <laughs> <For> sure. years. <laughs> so whoever that was leaves. And a few moments later, you hear the announcer. And he's done it again! Mason Wright, the stone-fisted, has defeated the armored menace from Seattle! And you just see Mason lifting up the armadillo creature and just like hurls him against the back wall. It's with like a concrete thud and slumps to the ground. Mason! Mason! Uh, and he gives this like bellowing roar and then just trudges over and sits down in the corner of the ring waiting to be queued up for whoever might challenge him again tonight. You see a bunch of people now trading money around. Some of it is U.S. currency. A lot of it is like gold coins. Some of it is jewels. There seems to be a pretty flexible exchange of bets going on at these fights. You feel another sort of wispy thing touching on your shoulder and you think like, did she come back to talk to me again? Hmm. But this voice lacks the friendly, casual feeling that that other one had. Follow me, Flint. Damien does. When you turn around to see who's, like, addressing you, you see what looks to be probably a woman in a dark leather jacket, dark black motorcycle helmet that they're wearing, even though it's very dark down here, and very tight-fitted jeans that are covered in, like, zippers and pockets and little studs and things. You can't see any skin on this person at all. There's smoke creeping out from the edges of their cuff and collar. And they bring you over to the area that's in front of where the king is. You can see as you get closer, there is a little intercom that's hooked up so that he can speak to people without the glass and the water getting in the way. There's someone else standing there. This woman has a very fancy dress that she's wearing. It's almost like a period costume. It's got a very high collar with like lace that makes a little crest behind her hair, which is done up in a very neat little top bun sort of thing. She's wearing a dark black lace veil over the bottom of her face. You can't see what her mouth is doing. And on her back, there seems to be this strange mechanical backpack that sort of seems to be like built into this dress that she's wearing. You see, she's gesturing like she's talking to King from the other side of the glass and then nods, turns around, and starts to walk away from that spot. Whatever meeting she was having with him is over. This helmeted person brings you over and sits you in front of the glass, and now you can still not quite make out all his features, but you see that he has very tightly shaved hair, not completely shaved bald, but only a little bit of stubble left on the top of his head. He's got a lot of tattoos on his body, which you can see now, he's wearing a suit jacket, but nothing underneath it. Lots of rings on his fingers, and his pants are just like a nice dark wash denim. And uh, barefoot, you can see the tattoos extend onto his feet, and they're all just old sailor type tattoos. There's a compass and a, a bird with like a scrolling banner. There's an old-fashioned mermaid. There's an anchor. Classic sailor tattoos. You hear his voice on the other side of the intercom. Flint, my old friend. Welcome back to the deep end, boyo. It's good to be back. Getting out of the agency's 
holding cells is uh, gestures at his face, been taxing. I can see that. You're looking a little worse for wear there. What can you tell me about the folks that sunk the ship on those chicks and my shifter gang? Not much. When they first barged in, I was around the back side of the building, getting the truck ready. Surely you must have seen something. It was quite a ruckus, I hear. Couldn't see what was going on inside the warehouse, but it was big, loud, lightning strikes that would put me to shame. Very, very chaotic. I do have things to report. I don't want you to think that I missed all the fun and was knocked unconscious from behind. Well, certainly share what you can, friend. They have some sort of vampire on their side, it must be, because they were able to manipulate my mind. A vampire, you say? One of those dirty bloodsuckers? Yes. I had some of my essence drained, and they made me turn myself in. Interesting, Leon. He tilts his head a little over at the person wearing the motorcycle helmet. They nod, and they don't do anything to you physically, but they do step behind you, Damien. He takes another fish from one of his mermaid attendees. Thank you, love. Always my favorite. He bites down on what looks like a clownfish. (laughs) 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 It's interesting you talk about vampires there, Leon, because I happen to be in touch with one, and I can't say she's very happy with me. Considering I had our good friend Lena here take out a few loose ends at the Eastie Holding Agency last night. You see he reaches around the chair and pulls out Leon Flint's head. Let's that sink to the ground. You hear more smoke swirling around behind you. You're not sure what Lena is doing, but... And so he leans forward, because he's been reclining in this cement chair the whole time, leans forward and says, So why don't you tell me who you really are? And who exactly it is you're working for, my friend? Uh, Leon will stand up very, very slowly. You're standing. It's like a, it's yeah, like a little okay. platform that you stand on when you're talking to him. Stand up straight okay. and let the cane fall to the ground. Damien will keep his hands in front of his body in nice, clear view and morph his face into just a random white guy. Pleased to make your acquaintance, uh, your highness. My real name is Damien Angelo Edgecrest, and I'm in between jobs, as it were. See, he scratches his bit of stubble and like the little goatee he's got going on, and he says, a shapeshifter. I did lie about the vampire. I was the one who took out Leon, though not as permanently. You're whom a friend Fowler told me all about. My reputation 
precedes me sometimes. You are quite hard to miss when you don't seem to care about being found. I really like to have fun and maintaining a good cover and being hidden and secretive is its not fun for me. Mm. So I'll ask you again. Who do you work for? Really? Funny you should ask because I've been asking You see a my... dark shape extend past in your periphery, Damien? Mm. And it just sort of extends and extends and then just sits there, steady, a little bit of black smoke trailing off of it. I'm a private contractor, a mercenary, for hire. I am currently employed by the Edgecrest Agency and was employed by the denizens of elsewhere before. You see when you say that, he lowers his hands that are kind of folded in front of him, reaches over to this old looking dark brown bottle that's got like a rope sort of braided around the base of it, pops the cork off, drinks from it, puts the cork back in quickly to not let too much seawater in. And he actually does stand up from the concrete chair and sort of folds his hands behind his back. He says, so you work for one of the princes. And Damien just gives a big bow. I, I don't like to spread that knowledge around. Certainly. You see, he raises a hand and that dark black shape melts away. And you hear a few footsteps step away. If you like turn your eyes back briefly, you see that Lena, the helmeted person has left and the two mermaids also swim away. And so it's just the two of you. There's now no one else approaching this little area where you can talk to him. And he says, politics being what they are, I'd like to avoid any sort of family disagreement. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly what I was thinking. I came to make peace. I see, I see. Well, I suppose sneaking into me club, disguised as one of me failed employees, is as good a tactic as any, if you know nothing at all. I'd like to keep it mostly that way, if that's all right with you, Mr. Edgecrest. You mean keep the Leon look? I'm asking you to leave. Post haste. He nods, sits back down in the chair, and he says, I'm sure Leviathan has her sights set on the sea, but my prince wants everything. I really like admiring. Admire away then, from a distance. He makes a little, like, shoe gesture with his hand. Damon gives a quick bow and then scoops the cane up, shoves it away as he doesn't need it anymore, and makes his way out. Okay. You head up from the fifth floor of the deep end and leave. I think at this point, Aiden, Raven, and Felicity have also finished their dance and left the club and you guys are sort of waiting outside for probably uh, 20 minutes before Damien makes his appearance. Not disguised anymore, which is odd. Well, that was that was a great, great club. Uh, I prefer the moment. As always, that's my big go-to. The aquarium thing, I could stare at it all day. 
but without the little signs at the bottom, I don't know what I'm looking at. So it's just probably the aquarium in the future. I like the fish. Right? They had some big ones. They had a whole bunch of fish that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, the fish were really cool. Um, Damien, why do you look the way you do? Where do oh, you everything? Because Leon Flint was was killed, so doesn't doesn't do very good to wear the disguise of a dead guy, you know? Oh, is Whitaker there? You... You're all there. Like okay, you're maybe yeah, a block away at car. like a yeah. corner market or something. You're away from the club, so you can just sort of talk store. privately. You're at whatever the West Coast equivalent of, like, a Tadeshi is. <laughs> you know, or a Wawa. Oh, yeah, it's a Wawa. Fancy. It's like that kind yeah. of, you know, you just get snacks, candy, and drinks for the road there sort of place. So, yeah, Damien, how do you know that this guy is dead now? How much of it do you share with them, Damien? Would be a quick way to, like not just repeat everything that we said. Yeah, I think I think he'd share everything. 100% of it. I think he would skip over the fight scenes and like the graphic details of, you know, Mason's fight, but he definitely mentioned the fight. Okay. And that if you guys end up going back there, definitely bet on Mason the stone-fisted. He's the champion, he's a gargoyle, he'll you'll get your money's worth for sure. Wait. But just to be clear, just to be clear, I'm sorry, we're sk- skipping over the fact that King is in there right now. I'm gonna have a, ooh, somebody hold me back. Mermaid! <laughs> no, Miss Starbuck, what? <laughs> yeah, they had all sorts of mermaids feeding him food. Oh, Ponzi fucker, he would do that, wouldn't he? Were they pretty? I mean, I don't know aesthetics. That's okay, I have a girlfriend anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Just pat Felicity on the head. Give oh, her Felicity. <laughs> Aiden looks at you, Felicity. She's like, are you just drawn to, like, predatory spirits? Like, I don't... Um, eat baby Felicity. It's like, I'm mermaids gonna... eat people. Do I would go with yes. Oh, man. This explains so much. So, I always, so always kind of, like, I know the mermaids are scary, but I've always had that hope that maybe they're not that scary. It's not like that movie at all, no. So I'm I sorry. Meet a mermaid and fall in love and learn to live half my time underwater. Anyway. But here's the thing. Maybe you'll meet a mermaid and fall in love, but then guess what? She'll kill you. What a way to go. All right, let's not talk about the mermaids anymore. Anyway. Uh, She, like, knows you're now more freaked out about the aquarium. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Met King. Uh, He seems charming. Very cutthroat. You gave him your full name from the sound of it? Why would you do that? And the name of your organization. And you told him you're part of the ECH. Damien, what the fuck? Wait, okay. he he said that he's part of the EC agency? Yes, I don't know how I somehow missed guys, guys, in the chaos guys. and everything. To be fair, we did send Damien in there unsupervised. I don't Not, regret it. I'm just trying to gather all the details of what happened. I, I missed that detail somehow. You, I knew you, didn't tell many, you didn't tell me anything about us, right? No. That's a start. No, I gave myself all the credit. Don't worry. I can give him the name of a shapeshifter. That's fine. It doesn't mean too much. And he already had contacts in the Eastie Agency, so he was already using them for his own ends anyway. That's fair. And... Even though I did say that I was working for the Eastie agency, I implied that I still had contacts down from, you know, 
So that was what would take priority. No, absolutely not. I should not go back there. If they check up on that fact, that will not check out. Yikes. Well, that's actually a little um, little reassuring, if anything. Damien, can you... This is more Nala asking Anders. Please roleplay for me exactly what you say concerning that particular topic, because I need to know what Aiden's response would be. In terms of Damien work, oh, his, okay, his allegiances. That, like, yeah. that part of the conversation, what exactly do you say about that to the group? I am no longer really affiliated with Leviathan and the princes and their politics, and I don't really have the benefit of their umbrella of protection anymore. I don't have to answer to them, which is very liberating, uh, but at the same time claiming that I'm working for Leviathan, so don't mess with me or you'll answer to her. That That's a bluff. Pretty good bluff. I mean, her name carries weight. Does it? Does it carry weight? I don't know who that is. Yeah, who are we talking about? What What, what do you say? Uh, my former boss, Leviathan, one of the rulers of, you know, hell. She's, and she's from the place apart. She's like Wrath. Nicer oh. than Wrath, though. But that's not hard. There, no one is nice down there, Damien. It's Everyone's a sliding scale. Wrath, though. Yeah, it's a low bar. That's a low bar to clear. Well, at least he backed off once you told him that. Yes. Yeah, you're lucky you I, got out. Yep. But mission accomplished. We now know the location of your arch nemesis, so that's exciting. My arch nemesis. I mean, we can't report it to your agency because what are they going to do? Didn't he say he's working with them anyway? Well, I mean, you guys know that he called Olivia Easty on her, or she called him and they talked. So, yeah. So, literally, nothing can be done about this. No. Wow. Just pretend it never happened. Aiden comes over to you, Whitaker, and she just like pats your shoulder. She's like, we can't do anything about it tonight. Tonight we are going home. Oh, yeah, we should get on the road. I mean, it's a giant aquarium. If you just throw in a couple containers of salt, you'll throw off the pH level and shut them at the whole thing down. Oh, hold up. I'm going to look up what kills fishes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One Didn't... second. Whitaker, didn't you say something about him being like King Octopus? Is he actually? I, I just thought it was a nickname. Like, is he actually an octopus person? Did you see? Oh, I know. I didn't see I any know. octopus bits on the fellow. But he was in the, t- like, he was in the water all the way down at the bottom? Yep. No shit. God, that's tacky. No shoes yeah. either, but they were still serving him. I don't, I guess when <laughs> you own the place, you make your own rules. <laughs> The mermaids weren't wearing shoes either, I imagine, so it's probably fine. Or shirts, who knows? I think that wraps up Portland, and I don't think that leaves too many uh, loose ends for you. Just opens up a whole bunch more. Yeah, so I think we're ready to head to Maple Falls and play a little Truth or Damien, where you reveal the truth or I make you. Hold on one sec, I just found an article titled, What is the most humane way to euthanize aquarium fish? Whitaker, I'm not going to save a vendetta, but geez. What the fuck is Crove Oil? All right, we really have to get going. Let's get in the car. I want right. to go home, guys. Whitaker, if you want to spiral on home. your phone, I'll drive. That's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll just go. Just fucking go. You said he was on a throne? What the fuck? 
Yeah, was it even like a gold throne? Whatever. Card trip, let's go deal with this later. At least we know he's not going anywhere. He seemed pretty comfy. <laughs> as soon as Felicity sits down in the car, she falls asleep. Figured. Oh, We're not yeah. even out of the parking lot yet. She's that already tracks. knocked out. <laughs> All right, well, it's five hours back. If you guys want to roleplay anything you talk about in the car, let me know. Hugo, you've been pretty quiet. Got nothing. Okay, so Whitaker and Raven, you guys got to chat with Prithy, right? How mm-hmm. is that? Which one of you has the bigger crush, would you say? <laughs> we are not playing this game. It can just be truth. It doesn't have to be or Damien. It didn't or even go well the last dare. time, Damien. We're not playing truth or dare. We can't. It's already so late. Are are we playing truth or dare? No, no. go go to sleep. Good morning. <laughs> no, the collective no. Yeah, okay. Riddick and Raven All right. refuse. Good night, guys. Being spoil sports. Their hair. I am not. I'll, hey, answering. Damien, I'll play truth or dare with you. No, we're not playing anything. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take a nap. I'm gonna go to bed now. Aiden yeah, like puts her headphones on you, Felicity, so you <laughs> have the noise canceling. <laughs> Good Put some white noise in there. Yeah. Good night, everybody. I love you. Here, I got I got a pillow and a little blanket for you. Thanks. We tuck her in. Aiden will ask, how long do we think we're going to stay in Autumn Falls? Is it just going to be a layover? We're going to go there, sleep, and keep going north? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I'd like to check in with my parents quick, but it's not a big deal. I don't have anything else going on. If we're all ready to move on to the next thing, I'm... Okay with that. Hugo, do you got any responsibilities to take care of while we're back? I know we've been kind of pulling you away for a bit. Uh, if anything, I should probably pick up some mobile work, but I'm sure they'll be fine. No, people have okay. this tendency to be able to find me when they need to, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, make, just make sure we're not pulling you away from any like secret meetings you need to go to or anything like that. Nah. Nah. Even it's if fine. there were secret meetings, you know, maybe you it's go a good thing go pulling you away. <laughs> Or your excuse to not go. Oh, no, I can't make it to this meeting. I have to go and deal with a catastrophic issue. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what his yep. text to the group <laughs> Oh, the Whisper don't have a group text. Are you kidding me? That's <laughs> <laughs> what he sends in the secret carrier pigeons or whatever that they do so they're all encrypted. I love you. In yeah. code, it says, oh, no, can't make it to the secret meeting. Preventing Are another you- apocalypse. Love the idea that the Whisper do have a secret group chat, so they're completely hidden from the world except for Mark Zuckerberg. The Whisper probably use AOL Messenger. <laughs> Ooh, that's oh. good. No oh. one's looking no there. <laughs> they're the only like twenty users still on there. Yeah, that's ancient technology. That stacks. Raven, while we're still up, and since we are all very averse to small talk, do you want to look in on your website and see if anyone's saying anything about Echo Bay? That's where we're heading next. See if anyone else has spotted anything. Yeah. She'll uh, pull out her laptop, start digging through the website, looking up just Echo Bay at first, and then is there anything else we know about what we're investigating? It's like a creature? So the EC agency file you have says... There's been an uptick in the sightings of a lake monster type creature. A lake monster being essentially anything akin to the Loch Ness monster, just not there, because that's the one that has the name. All the other creatures like that have names, but they're pretty local, and so no one knows them except for the one that's like nearest to them, or if they are like a real buff on that type of creature or whatever. So that's 
that's what it sounds like there have been sightings of. Again, okay. it's one of those things where because there are sightings, an agent should go check it out. It could just be people messing around with a foam thing on a stick that they're scuba diving with and people are like, what's that on the water? You know, but that's why the agents go and check things out. Sometimes it's a hoax. Sometimes it's a real deal and they have to deal with it. Yeah, so she'll look up the name of the specific lake and then she'll try and get any type of research on lake monsters in general, see if she can gain any information about those types of creatures and if there's any any type of facts. If, if people can give any information other than like, oh, I think I saw a head come out of the water. Yeah, that's a that lot of it. what you find is like grainy old photos of that sort of thing. And it's like this photo debunked by so-and-so when this person yeah. came forward and admitted to staging the whole thing. Um, that's pretty much what you get the entire time. And unless there's some stories for certain lakes where it's like, it's never been photographed, but everyone in the local area swears it's there. Like, it's that sort of yeah. just classic folktale legend about these things. Okay, yeah, yeah, anything she finds, she'll just be, like, reading the passages out loud. Anything that's remotely interesting or, like, funny, mm-hmm. she'll just read it out loud to the car if anyone's interested. Yeah. What you can find about Echo Bay is that the Echo Bay Marina is just that. It's like a little, there's a bit of a park where you can camp. There's places to moor your boat and then go fishing or sailing in the bay. And it's a little more remote than the campsites that you would be used to being around Autumn Falls where you can just drive to them. This one, you actually have to go somewhere, leave your car, take a a plane that can land on the water to get there because it's so far north into Northern Canada. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty removed from like roads and, and easy access. You fly there, you camp out, you fly back or take a ferry or something. Yeah. She'll probably also do a little bit of research off of the watcher just in general like literally just on like the google reviews and see if anyone said anything about like the campsite and what it's like there and what it's like staying there and if the the marina haunted? yeah like does the marina have a yelp score okay yeah uh just some general local stuff to just to see what they're getting into what it looks like when they get there well i can send you a picture of it that would be great i'll drop that in lore really fast she wants to know if it's like creepy and like old and dilapidated or like new and nice <laughs> or old and nice oh it's cute yeah Aww. oh that's nice i love that You're a good question for the for the car who's been camping before oh raven's definitely been camping nice her parents love camping she canonically has a bunch of camping supplies in the trunk of her car just in case of emergency oh i love that um and needing to camp so he goes, uh, like, it's, you- it's been a while since i've been camping I can't remember the last time I was there, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. We all need to recover. Just <laughs> bomb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I- I'm sorry. Yeah, wow. I, I tried. It just, I tried. Oh. Yeah. It's just wow. kind of, yeah, wow. It really just worked out that way, huh? Uh-huh. Yep, just worked out that way. All right. So, for our listeners, anyway. the, the Echo Bay Marina, you can look it up. It's a real place, and there's plenty of lovely pictures of it, and the little cabins that they have there, and... There is a, a office where you would check in and then plenty of piers to moor at. And I would think, because I've never been camping at a marina, probably a lot of people just sleep on their boat probably. or they, you know, pitch a tent and camp on the, the little bit of park that's in the area. And yeah, it's not too big. And like I said, it's kind of removed. So it takes a little bit to get there. 
certainly accessible. It's not like you have to get like special permission. It's just a very wilderness oriented vacation spot. So we could get there by boat? Yeah, you could take like a speedboat or a ferry or something if you wanted to instead of a plane. I'll say, Raven, as you're like looking up the reviews and things, you read a couple that say things like, the groundskeeper, Gary, was so nice. What a friendly guy. Like, you know. Good. So. (laughs) Good old Gary the groundskeeper, soon to be the new favorite NPC. Probably. I can't even lie about that. Yeah, she's definitely reading these reviews out loud, too, of like, four stars, loved Gary, so helpful. Okay, so first staying, are are there cabins open and would we be able to get one on short notice? Or are we going to be camping in tents? Because I love camping in tents, personally. But if we can get a cabin, that would also be nice. We should probably plan for the roughest situation, and if there is a cabin, we'll rent that. Yeah, it seems like it's just camping grounds but we can always ask when we get there or we could somehow get a boat that'd be really cool i don't know how to get a boat your camp is not also a boat is it whitaker uh let me check is it a boat (laughs) that'd be so cool no that'd be hilarious (laughs) it would be really funny but it's not all right well so amazing this is next time to the water (laughs) next time felicity trashes it we'll ask for a boat boat camper okay yeah. Also, Hugo's going to pipe up. Just checking. You guys have your passports, right? Oh, yeah. I got one. Probably not expired. Damien can, like, hide in a pocket if need be. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I was only <laughs> given a driver's license from the ECD agency, not an official passport. They didn't authorize just... me to leave the country, so we'll just... Yeah. Well, you could always ask if they can mail you one. And if not, we'll put you in a suitcase. I mean, he can turn into a dog. Dogs yeah. don't need passports. Yeah, I've, I've even got the uh, the Are service like... dog vest for him, too. Here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a good look. Oh, the implications. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Just... Oh, no. <laughs> Every time That's he funny. does that, you have to That's think, funny. like, where did yeah. he get it? <laughs> I, was, I was just dipping right over that. Has Damien been a horror. dog this whole time? Have we established that we're all in the car together and there's not enough seats that Damien's the dog laying across everyone's lap? I thought he was like a a little just like slime in the cup holder. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, now he's doing slime in the cup holder. Uh, The dog was very much early vibes just to piss off Whitaker and for scent purposes. Yes. That's good. Okay. But now for the sake of space, cup holder. Yeah. Holder Damien. Who just pulls a service dog harness out of his dimensional pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Uh, They should allow service dogs up there. It should be fine. This should be pretty exciting, actually. It would actually be Uh, nice to just get away for a little bit. Like a vacation, kind of. Yeah, I haven't really been camping in a while. My dad's a park ranger. He used to take me out a lot. That'd be fun to get back out there. Where's he a park ranger? Um... Epping Forest, it's in um, England. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. No weird stuff in Epping Forest, actually. Really? Yeah. (laughs) She's looking it Um, up. Look up the stairs. You'll see pictures. It's pretty pretty weird. You ever heard about the stairs in Epping Forest? I feel like I have. Like me, the player, I feel like I have. I'm I'm nicking all of this from creepypastas. I've read those. How do you it's spell good. the name of the forest? Um, Epping, E-P-P-I-N-G. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he does a bit of search and rescue up there. 
And sometimes oh. you'll just find disembodied stairs just right in the middle of the forest. No one knows what oh, they are. He doesn't go up them. Yeah, don't go up them. Don't go near them. I mean, everyone knows that. You don't ever climb the stairs in the Don't forest. climb the stairs. In command. It's common knowledge. So, at some point, Whitaker, you have to sleep. So, who do you let drive a little bit of the way? Um, is anyone volunteering? Because he's not going to just say, you, you're driving, as long as it's not yeah. me. No, Aiden's happy to drive. I don't know if Hugo is a night owl enough that he would be. Oh, he's still awake. Yeah. He is thoroughly awake. But we've established that Aiden doesn't need to sleep, right? So she's like the least dangerous person. Like Hugo's awake, but mm-hmm. still a human driving at night. Aiden offers first. He's giving the keys to Aiden. Yeah, so basically you trade seats with her. You sit in the back and lean your head against one of the side windows to catch some shut-eye. Hugo, do you just stay up with her? Do you talk about anything? I suppose, Damien, you're there too, because you don't sleep either. Raven, do you eventually nod off? I think Raven does, yeah. Like, yeah. laptop's still open. You're probably doing that thing, thing where you're, like, reading, and then you, like, wake up, you're like, oh, what? I wasn't asleep. Oh, she totally <laughs> does that, like, four times until she finally closes her laptop and lays against Felicity's, like, We're curly hair. We're struggling! Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're snuggling oh. a little bit. Very cute. Uh, Damien is folding the service vest until it's small enough to count as a small object again so that he can absorb it back into the pocket dimension. I love that he's breaking the rules of his own magic. <laughs> he can't even follow those rules exactly. It's all about willpower. Hey, Aiden is happy to like sit in silence, Hugo, if that's what you'd prefer, but she does at one point ask, she says, are you glad we're going back? Vacation time is nice, but not my kind of city. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to stay there for too long. Do we give you enough combat experience so that you won't be rusty when you go back to your karate lessons? I am never rusty at my karate lessons. Does Raven still have the thing where she can tell if people are lying, or did she lose that when she switched playbooks? We kept it, like, within reason. Where if someone is, like, really, really good at lying, she doesn't just, like, immediately know. Some stuff she has to roll for. Right, I think we we changed it to, like, Raven knows when her friends and people she's close to are lying, but not, like, strangers and enemies and villains. Raven groggily speaks up, that's a lie. Yeah. (laughs) But Raven is also rusty in her karate lessons. I was thinking about that earlier. She hasn't been in a very long time. Still eyes on the road. Says, is your arm okay? Doesn't hurt. It's okay enough. Can I see your tattoos? Sure. If, yes. if you want. Well, you usually have the watch over him. Oh, yep, sorry. And he takes off the watch. Yeah, if you would roll up your sleeve a bit, too, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah! That's really cool. Don't quite know what it all means yet, though. She glances in the back through the rearview mirror. Are you worried about them? Aren't you? All the time. Pardon the phrase, but they've gone through hell and back. In your case, Damien, literally. Well, if anything, life's just going to get tougher. But don't manage. I suppose that's the job, right? That's the job. Hello, adventurers. 
Just a couple quick announcements this week. Firstly, if you haven't already, I really can't recommend that you check out our Keystone Guardians episode enough. It was a lot of fun to play, and the story is a fun little one-shot full of superhero heroics that are equal parts silly and exciting. I can't wait to tell another story with our gracious guest GM, Robert Dorf. If you check out our Facebook page, we've been posting a bunch of great art that Emery's made for us recently, including art of the Keystone Guardians. Hopefully that makes up for some of us forgetting to spend a lot of time describing our characters in that episode. We were a little too excited to leap into action that session. Secondly, we're taking our first week off. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and by that time, I'll be fully vaccinated. So I get to go visit my family for the first time in a while. Now you'll have some extra time yourself to get through both episodes from this week. The story arc we'll be getting into in earnest when we come back is one of my favorites so far. And I know I've probably said that before, but there's some juicy plot coming up, so I hope you'll look forward to it. See you in a couple weeks, adventurers. You guys get into Autumn Falls around 1.30, stop for gas at one point, definitely drop off Felicity and Raven at your respective houses. And then Aiden drives the truck and the camper into the parking lot of the apartment complex. Whitaker, if you want me to bring down your things, I can. But if you want to just have this and sleep in a real bed when you can, you're still welcome in my place. I appreciate it, but I'll get my stuff out of there uh, now. You've been very nice to have me there, but I'm not going to tempt your hospitality any more than I already have. Well, it's always available, and she helps you bring down, like, essentials you can do with the rest of the moving in the morning. Felicity, would your mom be awake? Um, I would leave her, like, a little note on the kitchen table. Hey, Mom, I'm home. Don't be freaked out. And then I'll go up and go to bed. She's, like, down in the living room on the couch, and there's just, like, a marathon of Law & Order. (laughs) Good. Yes. (laughs) She's got like a little knit blanket that she's just sort of like half covered in and asleep. So you go to bed in your room. You notice that like when you left, your room was kind of a mess. It's pretty neat and straightened up now. Thanks, Bogologs. <laughs> <laughs> she says that completely out loud. Thanks, Bogologs. And then pass out. Uh, Raven, you get dropped off at home. Do you think anyone in your household will be awake at 1.30? Maybe Ren? Probably. She'll probably like keep the door open and if he's like playing video games or something she'll get his attention and just wave. I feel like her mom would be like meditating in the living room or something. I don't know. I feel like her mom would be like awake just doing something quietly. So she would just check in with her and let her know she's home and going to bed. Give her a hug because it's been a while. Yeah she says did you have a good trip? Yeah it was good. It was fun. Good. Had a good time. Wow. Well, birds are back in the nest I can go to bed now. Right back in Autumn Falls. I think at this point in the story, we're approaching summer because we started around spring. The morning rolls around, a nice warm morning, a little bit of dew still on the lawns. Sun rises up, shines down on the Autumn Falls town center, hits the Summer's Crest Mall sign as it continues to rise into the sky in that morning. What does everyone do in Autumn Falls? Raven takes a shift at the diner. 
Okay, you go in right away. Needs the money, and All I feel right. like they need the help because they lost two of their waitresses for like a week. So she's back in there. <laughs> Maybe not like early morning shift, but like you know, like eleven. She's Enough okay. to like hop on the lunch rush. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Damien would go to meet Raven at work and order food and everything, and Raven would notice that he pays with the uh, Leon Flint's card. But Damien does end up leaving you a nice tip at the end. Wow. So sweet. I feel yeah. like she notices on the card, obviously, because she knows Damien like, doesn't really have his own. And just kind of shrugs. He uses it. And like, oh, it worked. Wow. Surprising. Aiden's probably there, too. She it's has normal. To keep... It's nice. Yeah, she has to keep up the appearance of, like, I also am a human who works at this diner in town. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she's... have to give she's... the poor other waitresses a day off. Yeah, she has, like, a couple tables with her regulars, and they're, like, all, like, older retired couples who live in Autumn Falls, and, oh, it's Aiden! She's back! Oh, how was her vacation, dear? You know, she's very pleasant and chatting them all up and everything. But it is, it is nice. It's, like, a little taste of what life was before all this craziness and your whole worldview was shifted a bit. Do you guys fall back into the same like banter and strategy that you used to pull where like you'll trade customers if one of them's getting chatty with you and stuff? Oh yeah. She's I think Raven missed it a little bit. She wouldn't really admit it but she did miss like her old life after all the stuff that's happened. So she's a little more friendly than usual. But if people do get a little too chatty, like, oh, I haven't seen you. Like, I heard you were on vacation. What was that like? She's like, oh, they're calling me in the back. <laughs> and then says, Aiden, no. <laughs> but she's, she's a lot more friendly and uh, a little more chatty than usual. Felicity, you wake up to the smell of banana bread. <gasps> She's gonna run downstairs. Your mom is in the kitchen and turns around. She says, Felicity, you're home. Good morning, mom. I got your note. She runs over, gives you a big hug. I'm sorry I was gone for so long, but guess what? What? I made friends and they're good. And we went and spent a lot of time together. That's great. The same ones that came by the other day? Yes! They still like me! You see, she kind of, like, she's smiling, but, like, that hits her a little hard. <laughs> she's just like, so glad. Wow. Well, you're back, though. What? I'm back. What's going on? How are you? Are you okay? Um, yes, I am okay. Had a little bit of a near-death experience, but we don't have to talk what? about that. No, no, no. It's a little bit exaggerated. It wasn't really, like, near death. It was just like, ah! You know? What? <laughs> she, like, pulls you into the living room and sits you on the couch. And she's like, Felicity, what did you do? If mm. these new friends of yours are putting you in dangerous situations, then I don't care if they still like you. You should not hang out with them. Oh, no, 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 no. Mom, here's the thing, though. They're not putting me in dangerous situations. I'm putting me in dangerous situations. What? <laughs> She's, like, freaking out. It's okay. Do you remember how I told you that one time about Ghosty and Tom? Your imaginary friends? They're not imaginary, Mom. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. Felicity, I know that... It has been hard for you to connect with people, and I assumed that 
eventually, when you did, you wouldn't have to invent companions for yourself. Mom, I'm not inventing anything. They're here and they protect me. And it's okay. You would not believe the things that I have done. You see Ghosty and Tom are like sitting on the TV stand. They're glamored, obviously, so she can't see them. But you've probably had this conversation with your mom a few times where you like try to assert, I'm magic or, you know, I can see these things. And every time she just like gets a little more worried and maybe like makes you go to another therapy session or something. Mom, these people that I'm with, they've told me I'm special. I can do these things that other people can't do. And I don't know why you can't understand that. Because all these other people that I've been... No, you you don't. Felicity, you are the most special person in the world to me. Not just to you. That's the thing, is I can... Hang on. And Felicity's gonna do something kind of crazy. Okay. Felicity is very frustrated. She's just been through a whole lot just been accepted by this group of people and she's gonna do magic in front of her mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is she gonna do? I don't know. Okay. I just do not want to hurt my mom. That's my one, that's my one thing. I don't want to hurt my mom. Mm -hmm. But she's just gonna put her arm out and hope for something good. 10. Um, wow. Yeah, I didn't expect this to be happening, but here we go. Neither did I. I thought you would just have some banana bread and go, but all right. Felicity's pumped. Felicity, you... What magical thing do you want to do? Hmm. Is there, like, a can of soda or something empty, like an empty can nearby? Yeah, there's, like, drinks on the kitchen table. She's going to crush one. Interesting. Do you, like carry it over first to like show to your mom or you just like are sitting in the living room and look back into the kitchen and she's gonna carry it over but with magic and then crush it so the can floats over and your mom is just like felicity what is going on and you're just like i'm magic and it crushes the can and your mom is now like backed away from you felicity what was that that was me that's what i learned That's, that's impossible I can do it again if you want me to. Do you do it again? Yes. Okay. Another can floats over. (laughs) Crushes. And your mom, again, is up against the wall of the room and just slides down it so that she's, like, crouching and just hugs her knees. And she's like, Felicity, what the hell is happening here? Well, see, Mom, here's the thing. It's like, Ghosty and Tom are, like, real. And I've told you that. I've told you that since I was little. And then I started hanging out with these new people and we've started seeing the craziest things that I feel like I probably shouldn't tell you about. I hope you don't get like offended by that, but it's kind of top secret. (laughs) And then ever since I started hanging out with these new people, it's gone from seeing things like Ghosty and Tom to crushing things. From as little as this can that I floated over here to as big as a giant turret! Uh, you see she, like, gets up and, again, is keeping her distance from you, Felicity, and she, like, goes over to the phone, types in a number, and then is, like, on the phone, just, like, staring at you. Mom, what are you doing? Hi, Dahlia? Is, uh, Echo Raven works for you, right? 
and uh, and Aiden, I think is her name. Are they there now? Could you put them on the phone, please? So Raven, Dahlia comes out from the back and she's like, Raven, Angela Clifford is calling. She says she has to talk to you. And Aiden, you too? Aiden just gives you a look like, what? Raven has forgotten that's Felicity's mom's name. So she's looking at Aiden like, what? Who's calling? Who knows us? Aiden puts down what she was serving to the people, puts her tray on like the bar counter. Yeah. And goes into the back. She mouths to you, that's Felicity's mom. Raven's going to do the thing where she like puts her ear up to the phone. Like if, if Aiden's yeah, on yeah. the She'll phone, like, get it like, so that like, you guys can both kind of listen. Hi, Mrs. Clifford. This is Aiden. And Raven. You hear this shaky voice and she says, what did you and Felicity do in Portland? Aiden we- just looks at you, holds the phone away for a second and is like, what do we, what do we tell I her? I mean, we, we explored Portland. We went to some restaurants we we visited a couple clubs but like we kept an eye on her the whole time we always had the designated driver and she's not sick or anything right angela says i I don't know if she's sick or not she's acting very strangely and i don't know what's going on i i think i might take her to the hospital aiden is is now like wide-eyed she hands you the phone raven and she calls to the owner dahlia i'm gonna go on break and of course dahlia is like okay so now it's just you on the phone now with uh, Angela Raven. Can you put Felicity on? Is she there? Can I, can I talk to her? Yeah, sure. She gestures towards you, Felicity, gives you the phone. And you see, as soon as she like gives it to you, she quickly pulls her hand away and then goes to open the liquor cabinet. Yep. Just a thing of like simple vodka. Yep, and like pours just that into a glass and just like sips at it. Just a glass like, of straight vodka. Straight vodka. Like her, her hand is shaking and she kind of oh like grabs God. her wrist and like puts you it down on the table. Crush the can with your mind in this front is what of you your did. mother. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Felicity. Why? <laughs> All right, I'm on the phone with Raven. Felicity? Yes? Hey! Are you okay? Why is your mom freaked out? (sighs) I thought this would go a lot better than it did. What? Um, You've been home for like 12 hours. What did you do? Yeah. So I was, this morning, I was talking to my mom, and I was telling her about Ghosty and Tom. I always tell her about them. She never believes me. Okay. And I just got, I just got kind of frustrated of her not believing me. Is your mom okay? I just crushed a can or two. Physically or other? You know that answer, Raven. (laughs) Um, other. She's trying to, she's, she needs to know, she's trying to be subtle in case anyone in the diner Mm -hmm. can hear. But your mom is okay? I mean, she sounds freaked out. I would never hurt my mom. Okay. It would be maybe really great if you and Aiden could could come here because I think I think I may have messed this up a little bit. Felicity, you here? Bing <laughs> Looks like Aiden just bamped her way over here. Hang on one second. Yep. I'm yeah, gonna go she... open the door. Aiden is there. She grabs your shoulders, Felicity. What did you do? I was intending to do it eventually. Wasn't really intending to do it today, but I was telling my mom that Ghosty and Tom would always protect me, and you guys would always protect me, and I accidentally mentioned the near-death experience, and I'm still a little groggy from last night, and maybe- Oh, God. She, like, pushes past you and, like, comes into the kitchen. You see your mom 
is still sipping like the straight vodka stands up immediately once she sees Aiden and she's like what's going on and Aiden just like puts her hand up Mrs. Clifford I know this is scary I'm gonna try to explain what's going on your mom is just like good because I really need an explanation right now what is happening to my daughter nothing's happening to me mom Aiden just holds her hand up to you Felicity she like holds a hand up she looks at you and for the first time she looks a little upset And she's like, not now, Felicity. This is a lot for anyone to deal with. It's my mom, Aiden! Her finger that she's like held up to be like, just hold on. She closes it into like a frustrated fist. I'm going to talk to your mom now. You should just... I'll be quiet. Aiden turns back to Angela. She says, if you want, we can go somewhere. And Angela's just like... I'm going to sit down. And she pours herself another thing of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! She takes the banana bread that was out and cooling because she just took it out of the oven. That's right, we were going to have banana bread. Not even, like, neatly, just, like, digs into the pan with her hand, rips out a huge chunk of it, puts it on a plate, and, like, goes and sits down in the living room. Raven, you're still on the other line, but you can kind of hear Aiden talking. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's just, like, ear-pressed up as hard as she can to the phone trying to hear what's happening without I'm going to pick up the phone and be like, Raven, please come here. Now, there's the problem, (laughs) and hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Raven's going to do the thing where she, like, looks at the phone offended, then hangs it up. She's going to try and go talk to Dahlia, and, oh, God, I don't know if she's going to. Uh, Raven, you good? It looks like Aiden dipped out real fast. Oh, Damien's still here. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, Raven's gonna pull Damien aside and give him a really quick rundown of what just happened. I think think Aiden's gonna handle it. If you maybe just want to get over there oh i don't know i don't i don't know what to do i'm trying to cover for aiden leaving and maybe get over there too i maybe go tell whitaker what's happening this might be a problem that her mom's freaking out (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to spend damien there no no i I don't think i'm gonna be very helpful in this situation yeah aiden is de-escalating I think Whitaker just needs to know that there's a random civilian out there that is aware of magic now. Nothing de-escalates a situation quicker than the government showing up. (laughs) No, I don't think Whitaker should go. I think he should just, I'm trying to get Damien out of the situation and also keep Whitaker informed. I totally thought you were going to go send a 60-year-old man to go tell the mom everything's okay. Also, I'm one of your daughter's friends. No. No, 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 no. God, this is So, Felicity, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. You hang up the phone. Your mom is on the couch. Aiden sits down cross-legged on the floor in the living room. She looks at you, Felicity, and she says, you have to go outside for this. Me? Yeah. What are you going to do? We are going to talk. Are you going to, like, wipe your memory or something? No. When you mumble that, she's like, she can wipe my memory. And like now it's looking at Aiden like more freaked out and like puts the glass down on the end table with the lamp on it. And Aiden is just like, I'm not going to do anything. Mom, that was just a hypothetical. Okay, I'm going to go outside and talk to the tree. I'll be right back. Felicity, you leave. Aiden is giving you this look of like, I can't believe this is what I have to do right now. She is certainly not okay with what is about to happen. 
So, you go outside and talk to your tree, I guess. Yep. What do you say to the tree? Hey, Grandma Tree, I think I kind of messed up a little bit. And I don't know what to do. Felicity, welcome back, my girl. A mistake, you say? Well, everyone makes mistakes. This was kind of a, 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 a big one, though. It didn't seem like it at the time, but now it's kind of seeming like it a lot. Do you think you could learn anything from it? I think if I'm gonna tell people about my magic, I maybe have to be a little bit more gentle about it. Do you know what happened? Are you all-knowing, or should I tell you? I am a tree. I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, you are a tree. I kind of told my mom about my magic. The thing is, like, I've told my mom about Ghosty and Tom before, and she just thought it was a silly little thing, and so I thought, like, I'll show her this new magic that I learned, and I'll tell her about that, but the, the thing is, she didn't think it was a silly little thing. She thought it was a dangerous thing, and she said on the phone that she wanted to bring me to the hospital, but there's nothing wrong with me. Your mother cannot see the spirits like you can. I just, I know that, but I thought you know, she's my mom. She's supposed to believe me. Well, long past are the days when all humans knew of magic and the things it can do. And also, Felicity, your magic is quite unique. Yeah, it's a little bit different from what I've learned. I have so much to tell you. I've done so much over the past couple of weeks. Like, it's ridiculous. You seem... changed. I can crush things now. That started with the turret. At a secret agent society. Well, actually, it started with the wall. Then the turret. Well, first the target. Then the wall. Then the turret. I crush things now. A little acorn drops into your hand. As they sometimes do when you're speaking to your tree. Mm Mm-hmm. I am always happy to listen, Felicity whatever you would like to share. Do you have any, um, any advice, because you've lived for so long, about what I should do with my mom now that she's kind of having an emotional breakdown over her daughter crushing a can in the air with her brain? Humans are very easily startled, and they can be very afraid of things they don't understand. But I found in time that you are very resilient creatures. Whatever fear your mother is experiencing now, I'm sure she is strong enough to master it. So you think she'll still love me? Of that, there can be no doubt. Okay, I was a little bit worried about that, I'm not gonna lie, but I just wanted to make sure. Do you think that she's gonna get better maybe soon? Or do you think it's going to take a little bit? Should I do some more magic? It may take time. I would be gentle with her. Okay. I'm going to go see if Aiden is done now. Uh, Thank you for the acorn! She's going to go knock back on the, the sliding glass door. 
Can I come in? They don't come to the door right away, but you can see now that Aiden is, rather than just sitting cross-legged on the floor, she's kneeling next to the sofa and just holding your mom's hand. Your mom is crying, um, but Aiden is just sort of holding her hand and talking quietly. And you see, actually, that Aiden is a little misty-eyed also and seems very earnestly talking to your mom about something. Oh um, no, I really messed this up, did <laughs> <laughs> But she says one more thing that you can't hear. Your mom nods, wipes her eyes a little bit, and Aiden kind of smiles and stands up and goes over to the door. And she says, Okay. Um, it's gonna be alright. Is she afraid of me? No. What did you tell her? Your mom actually gets up at this point and like comes over to the door also and opens it all the way and just hugs you. Hmm. I'm sorry I freaked you out a little bit, Mom. That's not really what I meant to do. I, I wanted to show you the cool new thing I learned. <laughs> it's, um, it's remarkable. You really think so? She tries to say something and it gets caught in her throat and she just kind of hugs you a little tighter. You see Aiden lets go of your mom's hand and she says, I've got to get back to work. I'll see you later, Felicity. Okay, bye. She says to your mom, you can call me if you want to talk any more about it, Angela. And your mom just nods and sits down on the couch and just kind of like rests her head in one of her hands. Aiden takes a few steps into your kitchen. Golden flash, she's gone. Did my mom see that? Your mom is not looking at her, but the flash happens and she doesn't seem to react. Mom, what did Aiden tell you? Felicity, some things are meant to be kept secret. Oh, I don't like that. I love you. I love you too. And I don't freak you out. It's okay if it's maybe a little bit. This is very freaky. Yeah. I'm going to need some time to think about this. But you are your own person, and you are going to make choices that I might not always agree with, but they're your choices to make. Like doing magic? Is that what you're talking about? She says, like putting yourself in danger. Oh, that's like my job now. Yeah, I got that. I don't love that, Felicity. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm very proud of you and that you're helping people. It sounds like you've found some folks to really look after you. They're really, really great. I will trust that that is true. I feel like I'll tell you more about them, but not today. I feel like that was enough of a drop for Mm -hmm. today. Thank you for being honest. I'm sorry I didn't believe you before. That's okay. I mean, honestly, it's a hard thing to believe. So I understand. I just wanted you to know. You see, on like the TV stand, there's like a little drawer where you guys keep movies and things. Mm-hmm. And the drawer scoots out just the tiniest bit and a little head pops up wearing a mushroom hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your mom is just like, Felicity? Oh, they're fine. They're fine. Those are the bogalogs. He waves. Oh, I assume that they stole them out of the bag that we're here. Yeah. Uh, no, it really wasn't. Oh, he like kind of pulls his mushroom hat in front of his face like, oh, I done goofed. Now it is. 
Um, Mom, remember when I said I wasn't going to drop any more crazy stuff on you? I'm about to drop another crazy thing on you. I am going to drive around town. (laughs) We have magic house elves that keeps the house clean. She gets up super fast and then it's like, nope, I'm going to take a walk around town. (laughs) They're helpful, Mom. She likes her keys, but just like puts them in her purse and takes a walk around the neighborhood. Aiden shows back up at work, Raven. She just comes in the back door like she was out on our normal break. And she looks tired. Whatever she had to do over at Felicity's house, it seems to have totally sapped her mood. Mm-hmm. She comes over to reassure you. She's like, it's going to be fine. Um, I think, God, why did she? Anyway, um, and she just gets her apron back on, goes back to work. Raven uh, Raven stops her and gives her a hug first before she can, like, rush out. We can we can talk about it later. I, I covered for you with Dahlia. You break one a little long. She doesn't mind. It's fine. Thanks, Raven. Anytime. She's okay. Her mom's okay. Everybody's... They're both okay. all right. And she goes to step away, but then she, like, turns to you and puts her hand on your shoulder. I don't want to ask you to lie, but please don't tell your parents about everything we're doing. Dad, no. I would never. Okay. I mean, honestly, if anyone's going to believe it, it's probably them, but I still wouldn't. Right. Yeah, no. It's important. Like, really important. I know. Okay. Don't right. worry. Thanks. Um, all right. So, that fucking happened. <laughs> Boy, did it. Oh, Raven goes wow. on break. Yeah. As soon as Aiden's back out there. her mom, okay? Fortunately, I knew what would have to happen if you ever told your mom or if she ever found out. <laughs> Didn't think it'd be episode 21, but that's okay. Glad got it out of the way. <laughs> All right. You knew I'd tell her eventually. I did. That's why I had a plan. Good, uh, good. <laughs> God, Hugo, what are you doing today? <laughs> Telling his parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dead. I can't. Hey, mom and dad. As long as we can, baby. Hey, you've never been named or had any airtime. Guess what? <laughs> I'm the leader of a secret cult. Also, I can do magic, and you know what? I also have tattoos. And the tattoos she will really get some. Yes, the That's tattoos. That's what they're most mad about. <laughs> you have what? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Hugo, you can join a murder you know cult, but you can't go around getting <laughs> tattoos. Oh right. Oh well, my sorry. God. I, I couldn't pass that up. I'm sorry. No, that's great. That's delightful content. So what is Hugo actually doing in Autumn Falls this morning? Um, If anything, he's trying to remember if there's any work that he can bring with him on the road. And then he's also trying to decide between calling Professor Argyle or risking the wrath of Carla. Okay. Professor Argyle is a local. You could actually talk to him in person. If you're going to talk to Carla, it'd be a phone call. So if anything, he'll, if he ends up running into Argyle, he probably just heads over to the museum slash library 
if he's there. If not, won't really worry about it. For context, it's he's going to be asking about the tattoos and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Argyle would be at the museum. That's where he works every day. So, I guess it's time for a trip to the museum. So why not? Yeah. Um, as far as work, you could bring with you. Uh, I've never worked at a museum, so I don't know what <laughs> sort of mobile stuff that you could do. There's an entire initiative for um, taking images that exist of documents and then trying to parse it into text. So we could probably just work on that. That's true, yeah. Just sort of archiving and organizing scans of old papers and letters and other historical documents that they're trying to preserve digitally. It's another day at the museum. Pretty light crowd, but it's always a kind of light crowd because it's tiny local natural history museum. <laughs> so if you ask Argyle to like talk, he's happy to go into his office or go down into the, the whispered chamber. What uh, is troubling you, Hugo? Or rather, I don't want to assume. It's just every time we talk, there's usually something that's wrong. Yeah, that... that... Sorry about that. It just seems to be the way things are lately. It is sort of the life we lead. We chose this. Well, was either this or death. We, we chose this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We chose this. So I was with some friends in Portland the other day. Yes, your trip. How did it go? A bit more intense than I would have liked. And he goes into explaining or recounting most of what's happened over the past few days. From the radio ghost to the Thunderbird and Jordan popping in, all that stuff. Do you tell him what you have glimpsed at with uh, King and his whole deal? Yep. Okay. Well, big city. I'm not surprised there were more problems for you to get involved with. So in terms of things I'm worried about, or things that could have possibly gone wrong, I may have made some, well, some poor choices. Painfully poor choices. You, I don't want to say have a death wish, but you are a little more reckless than I'm comfortable with. I feel like perhaps some of my lessons have not stuck. A few of them probably didn't, which is no failing of yours. That, that's on me. I apologize. But we, we never really went over what happens when one uses a lot of magic in a short amount of time. When you tax yourself beyond your normal limit. Yeah. And he's going to roll up his sleeve and show him the rest of his arm. He nods. Comes over, takes your arm, looks at it, sees the new designs, sort of examines them, looks at them closely with his glasses, says, Well, I think you've got your answer right there. Hugo, these tattoos are a tool. They are meant to bolster and strengthen our agents so that they can take on greater and more dangerous threats. It's just that you're meant to pace yourself a bit so that you get a little bit more mileage out of each additional gift that it bestows. Now, there are some of us in the Order who have a different philosophy about that sort of thing, who purposefully push their initiates in order to access stronger and greater abilities sooner. But there is a risk in that, and I'm, I don't know how much you know about that. It's not like those people that combine the destructive fire magic with healing magic just so that they can burn themselves and heal themselves at the same time just so that they can become better at it, right? No, if you imagine an exponential curvature, yes? Mm -hmm. The first few gifts you get will be very significant 
and help you to do things beyond the normal limits of human ability. And in some ways, the magic of the tattoo will shape these gifts based around the sorts of danger you put yourself into. It is adaptive and evolves with your experience. But say you wanted to, I don't like the word, but Carla uses it, design a hunter for a specific type of purpose and skill set with enough practice. Again, I don't like that word either used in this context, but you could begin to understand the ways in which you would need to push and prod a person to achieve certain results. It's not an exact science, but as you know, Lady Carla is an artist with this sort of work. Yes, but that sounds heavily unethical. Her perspective is that by making her initiates and mentees very powerful at the offset, so long as they follow her direction and don't get in over their head, they're not really in any danger of needing to push the tattoo's magic beyond what it is sculpted into. Do you see what I'm saying? I'll try to use a reference you might understand. It's like a cheat code. If you were to unlock every ability your tattoo would ever grant you now, the types of situations you've been in would not be a challenge for you at all because of the power it would grant you. The danger is that were you to step into something you were not suited for or prepared for, the tattoo might be pushed again to its limit, and that's where it gets dangerous. That's fair. Carla's people are all very strong, and she directs them in a way that very, very rarely puts them in that situation, which is why they work so well as a group. I have reservations about that approach, but it's her little pocket of the organization that she makes the calls. I would say this, Hugo. Don't bite off more than you can chew. That's really all it comes down to. If you find yourself in a situation where you are outmatched, then you should reassess and not try to brute force your way through. That's always the way of danger, my boy. I have a feeling of the people recently entering my life I'm the last one that needs to worry about that. Good. You can be a balancing influence on their impetuousness. And he's just going to go over and pour himself a cup of tea and just sit down and ponder. Okay. Oh, do we have any of the um, the newer laptops, by the way? Probably. There's one not in immediate use. Bye. I, I need to do some mobile work. Oh, you'll be hitting the road again very soon, then. Unfortunately. I, I know we have forms and stuff and time off that's supposed to be accounted for in advance but there's some issues he can't hold back a laugh <laughs> and he just says Hugo you understand that your work at the museum is at second priority yeah but work is still work I agree the museum should be kept going but if there are monsters to deal with that's, that's where you should be I can handle things here exactly. I've had my day in the field I like well, office work now. The odd thing is that even with the increase in technology and such, the fact that you understand cheat codes, that comforts me a bit. Listen, I try to stay educated about these things. I'm not just going to let time make me irrelevant. Let, let's go with that one. Yeah. You're playing the Minecraft, right? Yeah, yes, the Minecraft provided through the Facebook, yes. Mm. <laughs> Personally, I'm shuddering right now because... <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe the kids call it these days the Fortnite. Yep. <laughs> All right. So Hugo gets his laptop for some on the road museum work. Whitaker, do you have anything to do in Autumn Falls besides there like was move into your new camper? Wa- there was something I wanted to do. Um, uh, Whitaker is not having a good day. A lot went not in his favor in the past like 48 hours because you know kings we know exactly where he is we can't do anything about it we know exactly what's up with olivia easting we can't do anything about it and he is not sure what to do about that so he's just cleaning out aiden's apartment with all his stuff um from the old trailer all the essentials the suits the cologne and a locked metal box which he opens and inside is an old flip phone of several things in there. One of the things inside is an old flip phone, which he charges up very briefly just to get it on again. And in it, he scrolls through the contacts and finds the number to a person on there who's just marked down as e.web. He sends a text and says, are you still around? And that is all Whitaker does for the day. Okay. He, he sends it on his actual phone. He was just getting the contact number from this oh, old okay. phone. This, oh, I misunderstood. Yeah, he was just Interesting. getting... Interesting. So you send it on your normal phone. No, shit. No, I'm sorry. He would send it on the flip phone. You're right. He would send it on the flip phone. There Shoots a text on the flip phone to this person, e.web. Okay. The text you get back after, like, three hours, you send it and almost, like, you get involved in packing and moving your things into the camper and so when that phone actually does buzz it's like already back in the tin in your drawer but i assume he rushes over to read what it says not rush but yes (laughs) all right so you can't help it you go over you read what it says it just says forever baby uh whitaker takes note of that flips the phone closed and puts it back in the box the end of the day comes for our two who work at the Maple Leaf. Aiden, as she's cleaning up, goes over to Raven and she says, I don't know what your plan to tell Dahlia is, but I don't know how much longer we can keep asking for like big chunks of time off. I don't really need to work here, but do you want to do this together or should I just handle it and then you can make your call on your own or? Uh... Yeah, I think if we're both going to leave, we need to stagger it. At least give them a fighting chance to find people to replace us. But you're right. I think I think you definitely don't need to still be there. And I like I, working here. It's just, I mean, maybe they can give us something them. where we, we just like are on call. We could like pick up shifts when we're in town and then, but they're yeah. not relying on us anymore. Yeah, that might be good. Because like, we've both been there long enough. We know when they're really busy. Maybe they can just hire some high schoolers or something. It's not a very busy place. It's not a difficult job. And it pays okay. All right. I'm going to talk to Dahlia because we're like leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe let her down easy. Maybe you can move to on-call only. I've still got a little bit of vacation time saved up, I think. So I can probably take this next one off. Maybe work a little bit more when I come back. Give them some time to look around. I just yeah. don't want to abandon them. They've been so good to us. No, I, I know. And I, I sort of like, do we help them by working here? Do we help them by stopping things that might go bump in the night? 
Yeah, our other job is a little bit more important than being waitresses in a small town diner. But yeah, you you talk to Dahlia. She likes you more anyway. Butter her up for me. I don't know if that's true, but okay. Aiden has a talk with Dahlia essentially to establish that I've got this other thing now. That's sort of what Portland was about. We didn't want to say anything until we knew and it's sort of been approved now. So essentially Aiden sets it up so that she is no longer a regular staff at the diner and so that she can be sort of able to come in if they need hands on a particularly busy weekend and she's around and available, but she's rescinding her permanent position there because she just doesn't think it's fair to be like constantly calling out and like having to disappear for 30 minutes on her break (laughs) to deal with supernatural stuff. So so that's figured out. I guess you just say, I'm here for today, but I've got this other vacation thing that I've got to do (laughs) or something. Yeah. All right. So you guys pack it up and take the camper and drive north towards Echo Bay and the marina there. Felicity, obviously your mom is not going to stop you when you say like, I'm leaving again. She like doesn't take that well, but she's just like, maybe that's a good thing. I'll have time to really settle. Process. Yeah, with everything that I have now learned. And so there's a sort of strained goodbye that you now have to do, but you join up with your friends and you guys all drive there. We don't have to role play renting the plane or like buying the boat ticket to get there. (laughs) So you get to the Echo Bay Marina. And like we said, it's very cute and cozy in a sort of rustic campground sort of way. You've all packed gear so that you can set up tents and things. Raven's parents definitely set them up with a ton of camping gear. She told her parents they were going camping and they got very excited Mm. and gave them a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Your folks also, Raven, were like, oh, you're taking off again? Well, okay. (laughs) Like, they're not going to try and tell you what you can and can't do, but. As soon as she said they were going camping, they completely turned their attitudes around and were just piling (laughs) stuff in her car. (laughs) So they have like a 10 person tent. Do you want this bottle that filters pond water for you? <laughs> They've got all sorts of crunchy yeah. hiking gear. And <laughs> Your mom's like, just throw it in the bag. It's fine. She'll, she'll need it just in case. Your mom makes signature Eugenia Gorp. Oh, so much of it. <laughs> just gallon bags of Gorp. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, you get to this marina and check in with one of the people who is there at the office that you have to go to to see if like can we get a cabin can we camp whatever they say that depending how long you want to stay one of the cabins is slated to empty out and you could stay there tomorrow but tonight you're gonna have to set up your tents so you're allowed to do that um give me a very brief like what do you guys first do upon getting to this place where you know you're going to start investigating a monster sighting well set up base camp gotta set up base camp Oh, Sounds like one. Raven has a fairly big tent. Yeah, big, big tent. There's enough room for like everyone to lay out their air mattresses or, you know, I'm sure we buy air mattresses. Um, of course. Glamping. Like, come on. We're not <laughs> going to sleep on the ground, are we? No, we're a little bit glamping. But um, Raven also, as part of her inventory, when she switched over to the searcher, she has a bag of cameras and microphones. <gasps> She's going to set up a little camera, like, outside the tent facing outwards. It's like a security thing if anyone, like, walks by in the night or can we when say, they're not there. Can we say that you definitely 
that was one of the reasons you stopped in Autumn Falls was to pick up this stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's like from when you were in AV club in high school or something. <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. She might have stopped at the mall too and like picked up some stuff. It was like a little, a tiny little solar power thing that charges her like phone and laptop. Yeah, oh, Harry sets you up with like a, the camp charge. And it's just like a little solar thing. Charges so, devices for the whole family. So, but it's all of Raven's devices. <laughs> <laughs> so while everyone is setting up camp, Felicity is not helping. What mm-hmm. Felicity is doing is she is sitting inside of the tent on her air mattress trying to tone out what's going on outside. And Natalie, I will give you one of two options of what Felicity is doing right now. She's either... Trying to have a premonition of the upcoming mystery, or she's trying to tune into the monster that they will be hunting. Those are those are two of my abilities. Yep. So tune in lets you know where it is. It lets me ask up to three questions, and premonition is just a vision of the upcoming mystery. I usually do it at the beginning of mystery. Right. But this feels like the beginning of a new mystery. So this I felt is like the that... beginning of a new mystery, yes. Okay. So why don't you do premonition then? Premonition? Mm-hmm. Got it. On it. Let's go. Eight. Clouded images of something bad that is yet to happen. Mark experience if I stop it. You're sitting in the tent. You're trying to will yourself to have one of your predictive visions. But you're also... You're emotionally compromised because of everything mm-hmm. that happened in your one day at home. So what you get are little flashes. You don't quite get a full-on vision of any one thing. You see a, someone standing on the end of a pier at night, something reaching out of the water and pulling them in. You get a vision of you and some of your friends in a boat on the water chasing after something that's causing a swell under the water something is moving very quickly and you're chasing it you get a quick image of a cavern that is reflecting a bunch of light almost like an aurora but being reflected off the surface of some water in this big cavern and you get a flash of a gunshot going off hate that last one but we'll pretend like i didn't see that hey Um, uh, have fun setting up camp i'm gonna go for a swim No, David! (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as everyone's done and setting up camp, I will relay these visions to the rest of the people in my group. I'll let them know what I saw. Sounds like we're going to need a bigger boat. (laughs) Does anyone anyone actually go into the camp office? Uh, Yeah, Damon's feeling sociable. Okay, Aiden will go with you to keep an eye on you. Thank God. (laughs) Isn't isn't Damien a service dog, or was that just to get him on the boat? That was just if we needed passports. Okay, I imagine he's a, like a person again. Yeah, no, yeah. once once you guys get here, he can become a person again. Okay. So Damien and Aiden, all right. Uh, Whitaker, would you mind going also? I did say I wanted to go, but I think my earbuds okay. popped out at that. Gotcha. So our trio heads towards the camp office. When you get inside of it, you see that it is... It's like a little comfortable looking sort of lodge interior. But the first thing that greets you when you get inside is actually a big poster, sort of old looking. It's a little yellowed at the corners that says the Willituck sea creature. 
Oh, fuck. And it's got, like, an image of, like, a, you know, a Loch Ness Monster type thing bearing down on, like, a, a inflated raft of people. It's, like, a poster about this place from the 70s. And there's little models and little, like, newspaper articles up on the wall. There's, like, a tiny little shrine slash info center about the Willituck sea creature in the camp center. Oh, my God. And you see sitting behind the desk with his feet up on the counter in a big puffy plaid jacket and a big hat that's furry around the edge and has little ear flaps that come down. Brown fuzzy beard that's like kind of scraggly and messy. And he's wearing what look like rubber fishing gloves. And you're pretty far north. So even though it's summer, it's still kind of chilly and cool at night. So he's pretty bundled up. And you see he's just like reading a paper and uh, flips it down. And he says, all right. Well, welcome to Marina at Echo Bay. What can I do for you? Hello. We are looking to get a boat and a very long chain. If you have one, otherwise a big sturdy rope will suffice. Kind of leans on the counter, scratching his beard, looks at you, says, Mmm, a big rope, you say? Well, what could you be wanting to do with that, I wonder? Uh, we're going to go fishing for... And Damien's going to point to the picture of the Willamuck monster. Yes. For the Willamuck sea creature, you say? Well, I happen to be an expert on that particular beastie. And he, like, hops over the counter. You can see he's, like, five foot six, little fishing hat on. This guy puts his hand out says, Name's Gary. Gary Orburn. Gary, nice to meet you. so (laughs) much. Cover me in fish chum and tie a rope to my leg. Let's go catch this guy. Oh, so you're another group here looking to catch the creature, eh? Well, you might want to talk to folks who came in last week. They've got a lot of equipment they're setting up. That sounds (laughs) excellent. Uh, Where are they? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want any competition out there. Oh, it'll be competition from them if they have anything to say about it. Because, yeah, they're bringing all sorts of sonar equipment and delving the depths of the pond and whatnot. Oh, goodness, that's that's pretty serious, then. Oh, scientific um, operation, they've got best chance of catching a willow, I'd say. Do you, do you know where they're from? Have they got all this fancy equipment? Or are they just very uh, passionate fishermen? <laughs> Says, oh, Americans, you know. Oh, God, I know. Aiden also rolls her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me which, uh, which cabin they're staying in or where they're staying in so we can... Uh, and just kind of scope out the competition, see what see what we're working with you. Certainly, we'll want to keep a friendly competition going of on. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you're the folks who are looking to rent the cabin that that family's moving out of down the road. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, come with me. And he ushers you through the little museum shrine thing and like points out. And that's when the photographers came and oh, there was a big hullabaloo about it. Oh, we should have brought Hugo. He loves museums. He talks about, like, every spike in the sightings of the creature, basically, over the years, and how he's been on this campground for so many years, and he's seen the monster several times, but he's never had a camera on him, or, you know, and so he's, he's really playing up the, like, touristy aspect of there being a, a lake monster here. He steps out and uh, takes you over to a different cabin that's being rented. You see there's a guy on a boat at the pier, who seems to be working on the engine. There is a woman in a white lab coat, and she's got a clipboard. She's writing things down. Another guy is 
unloading diving equipment out of the back of a truck and dragging that over to the boat. And uh, on the porch of this cabin, there is sort of a, I don't know how else to describe him other than like Hollywood Chris type. Uh, I can just, see it. Yeah, you know, oh, man. sitting on this porch in a rocking chair, he's got what looks like a hunting rifle that he's polishing and cleaning. And there's a, a lady with a glass of tea or something that she's just sipping on. They're sitting there talking. Gary waves to all them. Oi, Mr. Pike! And the guy with the hunting rifle sits it down, stands up, looks very cheery, says, uh, Ah, Gary, how are you? Who are these folks? That's a really good American accent. <laughs> <laughs> We're having hamburgers later. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Gary is like, Mr. Pike, this here, be- well, I never got your names, I must admit. Oh, yes, I'm Damien. Uh, we're interested in trying to catch a glimpse of the sea creature. They're after a willow, just like you, Mr. Pike. Very nice, very nice. Uh, I'm Aaron. Good to meet you all. This is my partner, Beverly. She gives you a little wave. Looking to catch the sea creature, huh? Well, if you want to team up, we're looking to net it ourselves. Hey, you got some uh, some real fancy equipment over there. Where y'all coming uh, from here? We're independently funded, but uh, my friend Alice down there, he points at the lady in the white coat. She's working on a uh, biology doctorate of hers, and she's hoping it's a lander somewhere really important. She's following up cryptid sightings as an academic proposal. That's interesting. Didn't realize they did that. He looks back at the woman. She just grins, shakes her head, and takes a sip of the tea. Well, call it what you will, friend, but uh, we're pretty sure it's out there and we're going to catch it. If this Uh, is a tourist thing for you, well, I'd suggest you leave it to us professionals to actually go and net this thing. My plan was to cover myself in blood and tie a nice rope to my leg so a creature comes, grabs me, and then we've got it on the rope. Just, you know, hook it up. Gary turns back to you. He says, he's not a shark, you know. (laughs) Well, does he... People? What's the creature's favorite food? Pike says, Alice thinks it's a vegetarian sort of animal, given the lack of large fish in the bay. It'd have to be pretty migratory if it's going to get out to open sea, catch the real big game like that. But uh, best guess we've got, it's sort of a plant-eating thing and very shy, doesn't like to be around people much. We think the boat sounds maybe scare them, so we've got a muffler where you can see over there my guy Cook, he's fixing that up for us. He's just like pointing at the different people on his team. That's incredible. You guys seem pretty well equipped for this. Best of luck to you. Hey, good hunting. If you find it first, fair's fair. Absolutely. I mean, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to learn and do some science. He kind of raises an eyebrow at that. He's like, well, uh, friend, if science for you is coating yourself in blood and fish guts, (laughs) be my guest. It's all science if you write it down. (laughs) I suppose so. Why don't I show you where that cabin is and we'll get you all situated for, you know, your stay tomorrow. You got your tent and everything set up? Yeah, we got a tent uh, back that way. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Come with me to the cabins. I'll show you where to go. Take care, Mr. Pike. You too, Gary. See you at dinner. Oh, yeah, we're cooking up a real good one for you. Lean over to, like, Aiden and Damien. He's like, ooh, God, do I respect fancy equipment. I don't know what it is about that man, but I feel the need to thwart him in some way and just antagonize his plans. Unrelated to anything we've been talking about, 
What kind of bears you got up here? Bears? Oh, we got all kinds of bears. Although they don't come by the campsites, unless you make a mess and leave your food lying around. So make sure you wrap it up and keep it up in trees, you know. Of course, of course. We do trash pickups every Wednesday, but you gotta bag everything until then. Damien, yeah. Damien, Damien. It's, Damien. It, it's too big. I've already been scoping it out. Damien. Yeah. Can you turn into a bear and, like, trash their shit in the night? Yeah. Ian slaps your shoulder, Whitaker. Just aiding, 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 this is a great idea. They just go around breaking people's stuff, Whitaker. What is wrong I, with They could do it as a raccoon or a bear, you know, pick your favorite. Oh, I've got my mind control in you case you want wreck. them to tell us who they're really working for. You don't got to wreck everything. We don't got to do it immediately. But if we think they're getting real close to something they should be getting close to, I'm just going to need you to um, steal some of their film or whatever they're recording this on. Just as a backup Aww. plan. You're you're giving me permission to like sabotage a little bit. This is great. I'm I'm enjoying it's, this. It, it's very professional. It's very professional. Yes. Yes, very professional, of course. Hey, look at this. This is great. I'm excited. Damien, we do not have to make a big deal of this, all right? We do not she, have to make a big deal of this. No, it's undercover. This lips. is a stealth She's mission. not comfortable with this at all. <laughs> Aiden, we don't want any more people knowing about any of this. I know. It just seems so, like... No one's getting hurt. Is anyone getting hurt with this plan? I don't plan on hurting anyone. You're right. Okay. All right. There we go. There we go. So you guys follow Gary to the cabin that you're going to be staying at. It is the the bobcat cabin. All the cabins have like an animal associated with them. Wait, could Um, be the wildcats? Like from High School Musical? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wildcat isn't a real animal. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's a it's a genre of animal. Okay, I mean, do you want to be the cougar cabin? Like, <laughs> oh my that is God, funny. That is very funny. <laughs> All right, you can go to cougar cabin. That's fine. So Gary takes you there. He does knock on the door. Nobody answers. So he's like, "Here, follow me inside. I can just show you where you'll be sitting up and stuff. They won't mind. They're out swimming or something." So he opens the door. Steps inside. He gets a little ways into the little kitchen. Again, these are just cabins, so it's a very tight space compared to like a, a house or whatever. But there's plenty of room for a family to hang out and camp here. But he gets into the kitchen, and you see he pulls the blinds down on the windows in this room and turns to all of you, and he says, Now, I think you're the people who got my email. <gasps> and you see he, so? he takes off his hat and his gloves and sits them down on the sink and you see that his hands are covered in fur and they look kind of ape-like and as he like takes the hat off you see big big ears his hair and beard all sort of connect and you see that he straightens up a little bit and he's actually more like six feet he's just always hunched over when he's walking around and as gary and he says you might cousin norm get in touch with all of you Agent Lonnie Whitaker, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Very Absolutely nice to meet charmed. you. I'm Gary. You might know me as Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. this is this is honestly, like, I'm I'm fangirling out over here. This is incredible. Well, as you can see, you got your work cut out for you. We really gotta keep him from finding old Willow down in the bottom of the lake. <laughs> oh my oh, God! No. Oh no. And that no. is where we're going to end tonight. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, no. Wait, did he say cousin? Yeah. Cousin. Norm? 
Yeah. Of course, of course they're cousins. <laughs> oh. Listen, oh I called it in F chat. Oh, you said brother. Oh, that's good. I said brother, but I like did four say seconds it like, before it was revealed. Like two seconds <laughs> before you said it was his cousin. So good. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Oh my yes. god, that's perfect! So yeah, uh, we'll find out more about Gary the Sasquatch next time! <laughs> oh, wow! That was crazy! Yeah, a lot done! A lot happened! A lot happened! A so lot much happened! happened. Yeah. I've been sitting on Gary Auburn the Sasquatch for months. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, I love him just as much as Norm. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.